West West Show. You are now listening to Empty Out the Clip. Alright, welcome everybody to another Empty Out the Clip. My name is Cam's and here with the brothers, the brothers and special guest to our brother over here from the assessment podcast, uh, Gio. What's yo, up? Yo, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's up, been, man? It's been a while. It's been a while. Good to be here. <laughs> Good to have you here, brother. Good to have you here. And let's say, Eric. Yo. How was your week, guys? How was the week? For me, it was busy. I think last uh, last night was my last day of the week. And I was just telling those who here that um, it was just a continuous night of weird shit going on. <laughs> Overnight at the... <laughs> yeah. At yeah. I had just like one after the other. My first one was uh, an old fellow that was trying to get home. But he's a regular homeless that comes in and begs for money. But he wanted a taxi cab, and I haven't seen him in ages. And I was just telling him, bro, taxi cabs don't come up at Glendine anymore. They have a specific time now, so you can't just walk up to a gas station now and ring up a cab because they're really yeah. So most cabs now, most cab departments now, or companies, they they have a time between uh, nine and six. I mean six and nine. Sorry, yeah. So 6 a.m. in the morning till 9 p.m. you can call them and they'll come and get you. But after 9, that's it. Was it because of assaults or something or just too yeah, dodgy? There's a bit of that evolved and I think it was during the COVID thing oh, as well, right. which just you know solidified all of that. So, But anyway, the old guy was going nuts. He was losing his shit. I was like, don't worry, bro. I'll call a cab for you. I picked up the phone, pretended I called someone. Oh, no one there. Sorry, bro. <laughs> 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 so I was staring at him for a good probably... Half an hour to 45 minutes. And then um, some guy came over and they felt sorry for the dude. He goes, oh, yeah, I'll take you. And then he goes, oh, have you got any money? He goes, oh, yeah, I've only got five bucks. And then the guy saw he had a 20. No, just give me the 20. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, shop, bro. (laughs) You got yourself right. He just looked at me. He didn't look too happy. He didn't want to give the guy his 20. So I had him out of the way. Then I had a couple of... Uh, one guy on crack, uh, I think the other two were babysitting. The guy on crack was, because um, I had my brother's car, and I didn't know if the guy on crack wanted to fuck my brother's car or just... <laughs> what? It was just fucking... I think he was using the um, the window as a reflection to check himself out. Oh, right? yeah. Because his mates were looking straight at me. They didn't want to look at their mate that was behind him. Um, wiggling his... Brackley looking at his nuts... <laughs> on my, in front of my brother's car and I was telling my brother this morning I was like bro your car attracts a lot of people there's something about your car what kind of car does he drive yeah because the old man before that was even asking is that your car I go no it's my brother's car he goes oh I was going to ask you for a ride I go well you can't because I'm not leaving till tomorrow morning <laughs> he goes are you going to stay here tomorrow morning he goes oh fuck that I go yeah, yeah later G well, what time was this uh, the old fellow was probably around about He was early on Around about 12 The younger guys I think there were 3 or 4 in the morning They came back earlier Later on Around about 5 And the other guy Tried to steal a cap So I had to Take him out Steal a cap? Yeah he was He did the same thing I never, I think I said this before On the podcast Where they look at you And they grab their item And then they try and hide it Like they're not doing anything By staring at you <laughs> so He was doing that The whole way through So I had to say Bro give me that hat back And just go <laughs> 
Surely there's a few people over the weekend. Yeah, there's gotta be. There's gotta be. There's gotta uh, be. So yeah, no, that was that was just a weird, weird night. So yeah, it's fucking strange. What you need to do is give us the security camera footage. <laughs> no, nah, there's nights. been there's been some other weird nights, but I won't go through that. But yeah, it's fucking crazy. I think you should do your own podcast, like yeah, graveyards, graveyards at the <coughs> graveyards at the station. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty good. I, I probably could do a, probably two years worth of the content that I got now, man. Shit. Have your special guest, the old man, and all that. Shit. Fuck that shit, bro. Would you want that yeah, old just, guy at your stick house? A mic, stick a mic out there. What are right. you doing here, sir? <laughs> <laughs> also, give him one of those little um, ear thing pieces with the mouthpiece. Go, yeah, just go walk around wherever you go. I'll interview like that. <laughs> you know what? You could actually do like a little reality TV yeah, kind of YouTube show. Like, you know, your night's, your night's working, man. People, people watch it, man. And you know, it's funny. I could even add like uh, Roger and John on there too because they've been in some of those scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm serious, man. Because like, what are the characters that come into the BP like? Oh, the yeah, the place in uh, <laughs> that time of night, you know, it's gonna be, you know, it's like, oh, nah. like no. if it's like a show, like a you know weekly show, man, it'll be interesting. Pe- people will get to know these characters that come, that hang around. Like, mm. oh, look, there goes Jim, Jim again. He's here on, yep, he's right on time, two a.m. Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, Jim's had another relapse. Oh shit! I had such high hopes for Jim. <laughs> Maybe next season. Next season, there is a guy. Um, he he's usually out at Lanark shops. Um, I think he's been on sixty minutes. I forgot his name. I know the guy you're talking about. Really tall guy. Yeah, really yeah, tall. He's quite hair. big. Yeah, yeah. He usually walks around with no shoes. Yeah, the, I know that, that guy one. very well. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. You would. You would do. You would do. <laughs> I know very very That's well. That's like because he hangs up on Lincoln yeah, he as does. well. He does. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. I like him, mate. Eh? He's he's great. Yeah, no, he's really he's really cool, but yeah. he's really he's really clever he's, too. He's really yeah. he is surprisingly very articulate. Yeah, if you have a conversation with him, you'd, you'd think like, "Holy shit, the what you say doesn't really match what you look, you look like." Look like, yeah, exactly. And then he walks off talking to the air. So they're <laughs> 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 like, ah. That makes sense. So it is true, talking by yourself, you can really develop your vocal. Who was at lunch at um, Carl's Jr. <laughs> Lincoln Road? I think. Oh, man. He does. Man. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, he's a lot more cover than the, the ones that I've seen lately. Mm. There have been a lot a lot of um, really fucking out of it guys. Some of them, are, you, you can't even hear what they say. <laughs> you probably don't want to, to be fair. Yeah, hard <laughs> up, hard up. Before we get to our guest of the hour, um, how was your week? Uh, how was your week, Lady? How was your week, Lady? How's it been good? Been good, eh? I think um, I was sleep deprived last week from Thursday because of my aunt's funeral. Yeah, yeah. And shit, when I was actually trying to add up how long I was awake, 36 hours. Fuck. Four hours sleep. And then I did another 24 after that. Uh, that's not a good thing, eh? Not a good thing. Yeah, if you do it continuously, yeah. Had a pretend argument with my missus. But yeah, it's because we were just missing each other. <laughs> <laughs> a pretend argument. Yeah, you know, like, oh, you're thinking it, just fucking say it. So yeah. I text it. Doesn't mean shit, it's a text. And then, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Just once I've actually caught up on my sleep a bit, fuck, I just realised, like, man, life's good, eh? Life's good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But yeah. yeah, walking into seeing you, bro. I was like, when he said he was here, I was like, 
Nah, it might be like your cover. Might be like your cover. You're a bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I heard your, vo- heard your voice from some of the dryers. Like, man's here. <laughs> <laughs> no, when Cam calls, I come a running. Always. <laughs> good to see you, Docs. Yeah, man. Good to be here. How's your week been? Fuck. I think mine's been the same as you, man. My parents have been here for a while. And my dad came up because my, um, my nephew just turned one last week. So we've just been fucking just, just prep work. Fucking just... Just getting everything ready. And then now my parents went back on Monday. So I'm catching up with sleep too. So it's been just busy. And the work's been busy. The same old bullshit. You know? Listening to your guys' podcast. Fucking cracking up in the car. <laughs> yeah, we can't uh, let the monkeys take control, man. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be hearing from HR tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, massive. I'm not, I'm not going to say massive. But I'm going to say... Huge shout outs to um my toko um Nella and his puppy King. So looking forward to um the bit. We might be eating dog next week on Monday. <laughs> um it's a Nathan and the boys at the Kiriji um, packing technicians. And to the Tongan polar bear, Mr. Hauji Apparel, um Daryl Afiaki for hooking up with the um the Tosa Moa gear for this year's rugby league world cup. And um yeah, my last one's probably to my eldest daughter. So she finished her first year of uni, so official today. So like, yeah, something real proud. Um, yeah, to be honest, is sort of like the the um, the tree on top for this week, catching up on sleep and then just realizing shit, that's a whole year down. So yeah, real, real, um, real stoked with that. So yeah, um, congrats, Kita. Uh. uh I don't have really anything to shout out to, but Jim, Jim met the talk <laughs> <Jim>. to him. <laughs> probably, probably just a big shout out to that because um, I actually went on the website, the the Gumboot Friday website, right. the fundraiser yep. for the for the mental health for the young ones because I think it's a good place to start. So, big massive shout out, and I did donate. And it wasn't much, but ten dollars here. Yeah. So a big shout out to that. I thought it was, I think it's a good course. Anything to do with the young ones anyway. It's a good place mm. to start. 100%. Guessing it's my turn, huh? Oh, actually, I do have a massive shout out. My cousin, Alice Lolohair, just recently released a short documentary on the, the Dawn Raids. So oh, it's yep. called Testimony. Just came out yesterday on YouTube. And she got some funding from, I think they're called Loading Docs or something like that. And it was... I got an early screening of it early this week. It was it's about nine minutes something, but fuck within that nine minutes you actually feel like I'll share it with you guys after this. But fuck, you can really feel the tension and the way that she directed it and the the film the the cinematography the whole bit. It was just like holy shit. This is it's worth way more time to get it done. But the nine minutes that she had was fucking amazing. So basically, in, in a nutshell, it's it's a they're interviewing a guy who was quite young at the time and his experience of what happened and how his parents got arrested uh, by the police during the Dawn Raid era. And then just just a whole bunch of other stuff that happened during that time. So, yeah, big shout out to Alice. You're a real one. Man. Oh, oh, can't wait. Big. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. It's on YouTube now. Right it's now. On, it's on YouTube oh, right oh, now. Oh, true. Nice. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. I highly recommend it to everyone. It's called uh, It's called Testimony. Testimony. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how there's, there's a lot, not just documentaries, but movies and TV series and doing little small segments. 
the thing the thing that stood out to me was she was explaining you, you know how you see like um documentaries and they got like these old films from from history and then they kind of added into their their documentary so apparently like for this particular one for how how long was it it was $30 a second if you wanted to rent out that that part of a film like say you wanted a historical uh film from the uh one you see on news or something right like from from the 1970s or something so you have to rent it so you don't actually own it so you have to pay it by second so apparently it's $30 a second what $30 a second Dude. Shit. <laughs> so I was like, that's probably where all the budget went. Fucking thirty dollars a second. I was like, holy shit. Wonder how they do it. Because do you have to like? Cause I think they. Uh, I forget who owns the rights, but whoever owns the rights, they charge you to use that. But it's thirty seconds of thirty thirty dollars a second. So you, you have to pay your final cut, and then you count how many seconds, and then yeah. you pay. Yeah, I think oh, so. Wow, it's out of it. It is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck no, that's more than gas. That's <laughs> 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 way more than gas. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Big business. All right, uh, I've got no shadows, but uh, we'll just go straight into our topic. First topic, um, Mike King. So Mike King came out on the Rock uh, radio show, and he just came on as a guest, and he was talking about his um, Gumboot Friday, which is today. It's today, right? Yeah, come mm-hmm. freezing today, and he was speaking about how the system sort of has left behind services to help kids with mental health. And you know, I'm glad that Gio's here because oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> someone who works in the system. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But uh, it was it was a pretty um, interesting interview because he broke he actually broke down on the rock. And he actually cried because of the, the stress he's been having trying to do this combo Friday and, and the frustration he's had with the system not helping out and stuff like that. So he's put it all on his shoulders to do it on his own. And he spoke about it on the, on, on the rock. So um, you guys you guys saw the video? But did he actually, did he lose one of his kids? Or was it his wife? Because what's, what's, what's... What's his push behind doing all this? I think he's he had um he had depression. He had depression. Had depression. Yeah. Yeah. But did he lose one of his kids to suicide? I don't know. Because someone at work was saying oh. that that's where that came from. I'm not too sure. Didn't make sense though, huh? Why he's so probably uh, so emotional? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So dedicated to it. Because they, they even on the rock they let him say the f word how many times? Usually they just like eight. Yeah, I heard that he wasn't. He had depression and he got out of it. And as 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 far as I know, like he's always been into the mental health kind of space and yeah. trying to help yeah. out. And I think it was because of his experience being yeah. depressed and coming out of it and trying to help out. But um, I've I've heard about Gumboot Friday before, and I heard I think it was last year or a couple of years. Like there was yeah. the laps around the Auckland domain, eh? and for every lap, there was how many? It was for I think it was like six hundred. Said the number was six hundred and thirty-six. That's how many people had committed suicide, and that's how many laps they were aiming for within twenty-four hours or something like that. Because I remember last year, would have been the year before, there there was coverage of it on um on TV, mm. and so for him to go on the rock, he wasn't he's not getting any coverage. So everyone's sort of like, you know, I think all the TV and Z and all those radio stations, media works all tied in together, aren't giving him that light anymore. So that's why he's jumped on the rock and said it because they've given that window to do it. And the platform, so 
In Zay Me, I think. I think MediaWorks is the rock, is it? I think MediaWorks is an umbrella kind of has it all. That's... I think everything's under MediaWorks, isn't it? But there's two. There's two big ones. There's MediaWorks and the and the rivals. Whatever the rival was. I think it's NCA me. Well So even on um and Then you got the coming one which is in the, the AM show this morning, there was another guy talking about his own experiences. I think he was like a police commissioner or someone in the police talking about his his mental health sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. programs that he puts out in the community. So that's where it's gone, eh? He, a guy who got a, an award. Now he's just he comes on he came on Sibri Treasure Island for his own um charity and then ended up on the rock which was a couple of days ago. But he went back on today. Um oh, the update. I saw yeah, the that. update, yeah. The, the, the update. And um I think they made three hundred thousand after his um, first interview. Yeah. I think three hundred thousand came in. He he was they were looking for five million. That was mm. the goal. <clears throat> but to be honest, because like I've told you, say like I've had I got two mates that work in mental health. One's um, one works worked for what I meant, DHB, and the other one works in the high care unit over in North Shore. But after seeing Mike break down like that, like just for myself, it's like man, he's he really is trying, eh? And like you can't fail or you can't hate on someone who's a like genuine passion about trying to do good for mm. uh, for this world, especially for the for the kids. Because he was getting hate, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he first started doing all this stuff, because yeah. people were saying, "Oh, he's gonna keep the money or something like that." You know, yeah, people were saying, <laughs> so why, bad, eh? "Why are we paying taxes?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. The big budget sort of moved a lot of that. Yeah, because people, didn't, I, I think the public didn't believe that the government yeah, didn't yeah. have these services available, and and they were looking at Mike King. Why are you doing this for? We got already got services for that. Why are you doing your mm. own for? The, the the point Michael was making, and he made a very good point, is the waiting times. Yeah. Hey, that was something that he. That he preached, and he's absolutely right. eh? like fucking eight, eighteen month waiting list just to just to see someone where you may or may not actually qualify to go into services. Yeah. You know, it is crazy, man. I tell you what, it is crazy at the moment. Like I'm a person who works in the system, right? And what what Mike is describing is exactly what's happening at the moment. And we don't know what to do about it either. You know, yeah. we just get referrals after referrals after referrals. There's only so much you know resources that we that we have. And it's, you know, we can't even cope with that. So I can only imagine Mike, who's in, uh, has a much more smaller budget, you know, and he's only and he's only focusing on one aspect. He's focusing on children, let alone adult mental health, older adult mental health, you know, and all the stuff in between. So fuck, man. And you know the the weird thing is, you remember what when Labor just got into government and they announced their big budget for mental health. With there's the biggest budget we've ever allocated to mental health, and I've said this before on on, on the previous podcast. That I have not fucking seen one fucking thing that's changed since that budget's come yeah. through. Literally, jack fucking shit, you know. And no the shady, more stuff. As shady as the freaking um, government is, they like they could allocate like freaking twenty eight billion dollars into that sector and fucking make it so hard to fucking get a coin or even a dollar from their budget just to help filter through because they're gonna make a fucking. A whole fucking questionnaire of how many things you need to be on that list just to be eligible for any sort of help, which is fucked, eh? There was another budget thing, but this is going way up, up, away from the subject. But there was another budget. I think it was for security for shops, and that, and they had a six million dollar budget, but none of the shops saw that either. Is that for the the pollards outside the front? Yeah, yeah, they gave they gave some to some of the some of the retailers, but not everybody received it. Well, see, a lot of people like. 
the guy who whistled his shoes said that he ended up forking out of his own pocket yeah, and keeping the receipts with the hope that fucking they'll reimburse him for doing the work himself. The problem with that, the government announced they're going to give some money to help these these stores put bollards and security yeah. for the Ramrays, but it hasn't. They've allocated it, they've said, announced it, but nothing's happened. Nothing, no. And they're still, these shops are still waiting for that, for that to come through. Is it just me or has the Ram Raids kind of calmed down a bit? Yeah, it has. But slightly, it's, eh? But it's um, getting more, but they're, they're more in broad daylight. I saw on uh, social media, right. this lady's car at a hospital. She was filming That's the right, whole thing. I did see that. It was Middlemore, right? Yeah. It was at Middlemore. She was just filming the whole thing while the guy was like... Breaking into the car. Car and then just... Later, bro. Hmm. That's fucking like, ridiculous. And this is in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Know, where there's fucking daylight. barrier arms. There should be a fuck ton of security at hospitals too. How many cars passed them too? And they didn't even see anything. Because <sighs> everyone's busy looking for a car park. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see that we're just talking about how, how much lacking the government the government's been offering mm. Eh, mm. the public to help out all these kind of things, right? And you can you can you wonder why you can tell why people are screaming out for help, you know. And mm. it feels like nothing's getting done. I mean, if Mike King has to do all this to, you know, go go off the back of the lack of resources, the government can, you know, issue their services. See, this, is, this is the problem. I don't <clears> think the government can fix it, though. I, I, you know, you have to remember, Mike King, you know, a lot of, lot of love to Mike King, but he's not the only person calling out for money. You know, there's a lot of different, you know, non-governmental organizations out there that, that are desperate for money, too. You know, I mean, Mike King has, you know, has been fighting the good fight for such a long time. He's been doing it for such a long time. I I only realized recently that he used to be a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've only known him as as the mental health advocate. Yeah. You know? Oh, true. That that's that's how I got to know him. I think people love to try to to simplify it a lot, thinking money is going to fix everything. But I think we have a really deeper problem, right? like a community problem. Yeah, you know, yeah there's yeah. a well, yeah, there's poverty right? problem. There's a lot of things that intertwine that actually lead. The end result is is that, you know, which is what Mike King is trying to fight against. But there's a lot of other stuff as well that goes, that, that has need. You know what I mean? Especially with um, youth and like children, mm. eh? like 100%. identity, freaking like, you know, them just being so fixated at, on their devices. There's so much more to it than just the, uh, just saying, the Mike King stuff. Yeah, I'm having a problem trying to keep my daughter off her device lately, and I've noticed that it's, she's gotten worse. Like, she's been in hours on it, and I'm saying, nah, after six, turn that shit off. Don't know what, don't care what it is, turn it off. Because you can either go watch some TV with grandpa or grandma, that's about it, but no more tablet, because they're just watching some bullshit-ass cartoon screaming some rubbish. It's like, what the hell is this shit? And the fucked up thing is, is like, you know, when the vaccine all that bullshit came out and then all the conspiracy theories were oh. coming out <laughs> and the people screaming, the fucking kids are going to suffer. Fucking have been, they've been right this whole time, man. Like, man, it's you not going to get better. Really. Just listen to you guys. Like, yeah, you're right. It's not just that problem with uh, what my king's trying out. There's heaps. Yeah. Mm. yeah, there's all right across the board, and now the best thing the government should do now, if they want to handle all this, is to prioritize, mm. prioritize all these problems, attack them from the top, top down. Yeah, but you know, government's only looking to the next election cycle, so it's whatever's popular at yeah. the time. And unfortunately, yeah. and, and this is the truth, there's not a lot of media coverage of children's mental health. I mean, when's the last that time you've seen something anything. in nothing? So why would they make highlight that in their political gain you know for political gain when they're probably not going to get anything out of it you know that, like that's we, what i think 
like the the rock did a did a did a follow up did a follow up to the Mike King interview, and they were saying that exactly that. They were saying, you know, like if you look on TV, you see drunk driving, don't drink and drive ads, but they're they're looking at the stats and said, man, there's more deaths with kids with with mental health than than drunk driving. So why mm. we got these uh, ads still on playing on TV? Because they don't. It's not a good look for them. I mean, anybody in government is gonna be like, "Fuck, I don't want that stat while I'm in power." Like, imagine being the government is like, "Oh, yeah, when we we're in power, we had the highest rates of suicide and child child death." Yeah, that's our legacy. Like, they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna claim that shit. I tell you what, ads been fucking coming on twenty four seven almost like every second. Fucking corrections. <laughs> Like, you want to create, jump on corrections. You want to create like, corrections. It's almost to the point, like, when it comes on, it's like, is this another correct? Fucking, it's a correction. Like, the fuck, where are they getting these mo- their money from me? Surely it's the triad washing their money through their yeah. fucking shit to get fucking TV commercials, man. It's like, it should shit. be aimed at the root of a problem, not any more stuff to. I think those ads start popping up when that, that news of that uh, officer got stabbed in the jail, the correction officer. Oh, yeah. Wait, did someone get stabbed in the jail? One of the corrections officers got stabbed. Was Fuck. that a while ago, though, eh? Yeah, a few months ago. Nah, it, it, it's, it's a tough one, eh? Because, I, I, like I said, I really feel for my king, and, and it must be such a massive fucking struggle for him to try and, you know, I'm sure he's got great ideas, and he's and, I'm sure, and the stats back, you know, from the money that he has, the amount of the effectiveness that he's, that he's done so far must be really good. That he That's why he believes in it. Yeah. And then just to watch him... You know, like seeing a grown man cry. Like I feel very uncomfortable when people cry. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, yes. You know, mm. but but watching it, watching it yesterday, I was like, "Fuck, nah." This is, you know, and and just you can just tell, like he's so committed. Like you would not have a breakdown like that if you weren't if you were just doing it for like the yeah. likes and and shit like that. You know. No. So like, ugh. the solution, fuck, fuck. I, I don't know if more money's gonna do it because I think nah. you're just gonna need more and more money every, you know. With the population growth and you know, with things not slowing down, but fuck. But just the rock letting them yeah. do that, eh? In that yeah. space, I think that's important. And, you know, yeah. it's like fuck. It's it's out there now. What was the last time we saw Mike King something like that on social media? Though? It was probably what two years ago. Yeah, it was pre-COVID. the one he's recording in his car. car he's yeah. untied. Yeah, I'm tired. Oh, like right. you know, yeah, that was pretty. And he got too, shit, like, eh? yeah. And he fucking he was right about it then too, man. All these kids, all these lockdowns. These lockdowns are fucking doing. Aren't doing anyone any favors, especially nah. us, especially the kids. Maybe he needs to move away from government funding and look for some private funding. I don't know yeah. if he's doing that at the moment, but stuff, wow. stuff asking the government. Oh, I, I know one thing they've they've been calling for on the radio, but it's not to do with mental, more more people for mental health. Was um, open the borders up to the workforce? You know, get more more nurses and get more. I think they're they're talking about some, some industry that needed more people, but the but the borders were still closed. You know the bullshit thing about that. New Zealand turns out a fuck ton of nurses, a lot, a fuck ton of nurses. They yeah. don't want to fucking work here. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so be- before yeah. we fucking start reaching out to the UK and Australian shit, which we can't actually compete <laughs> with these guys, by the way. Yeah, they you know, get paid there's more. a reason why everyone's flocking over to fucking Australia because they get fucking paid for the work that they do. You know. So why the fuck are we talking about? Oh, we need to bring more people. Bring more. We've got people here. We've fucking develop a program. Fucking do something to attract people to fucking stay here in New Zealand. You know, what the fuck? Even teachers, eh? Get teachers, fucking... yeah. All these public servants that are just flocking overseas and fucking taking their skills there. And then we're fucking here holding our dicks like a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> wondering where the fuck did we go wrong? Wow. It's ridiculous. 
It honestly is because I heard that too on the radio. It's like, oh, we're trying to increase, you know, um, the number of people from the UK to, you know, nurses and doctors and things like. Well, does Does New Zealand not have multiple nursing schools? Does New Zealand not turn out a fuck ton of doctors per year? Where the fuck are they going? You know that that's something on us actually. That's yeah. something that the pop that the government needs to be looking at more more stronger than actually importing labor. Like we've got the fucking labor here. True. It's obvious that mental health of the kids, like it's sort of like getting swept under the carpet. And the other one that is getting swept under the carpet too is the um, the kids that need uh, discipline, the in schools and that. Because now you've got, I think it comes down to, uh, this is another conversation, but after the no smacking law, I think when they try to discipline kids these days, it's not yeah. really working. Especially when you got kids that are those pee kids. Yeah, you know? I know, it's ridiculous. But there's I, heaps, of, heaps of them, eh? Yeah. Well, look, I, I grew up in Tongai, so I got my ass kicked from the first day I went to school to the very fucking <laughs> last day I left school. So sure. that's all I know, you know? Yeah. And I turned out all right. I think. <laughs> I think you've got like a whole lot of kids who are under this, in that category, like troubled kids, that there's no place for them anymore. And and they can only put them in the normal circulation, you know? Like everything in life, eh? it's, a, it's more complicated than a particular issue. It's not usually one issue. You look at the kids who are acting up in school and, you know, skipping, using drugs and shit. Usually their home life is not stable, you know? Either one parent household or no parent household or... You know, they come from a very traumatic background and things like that. So, you know, it, it's as much as we'd like to, you know, because when, when the shit hits the media, right, it's always the end product. It's always, mm. you know, this person in school was like, uh, the shit's happened prior to this kid. You know, there's a lot of shit that happened, you know, whether it's his community or his home life. But there's a lot of stuff that's happened which has led him down this particular pathway. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I don't think there's enough focus on the root cause of, of everything, right? It's always just, oh, we're just putting out this fire. It's the ambulance at the bottom of the hill yeah, yeah, kind of analogy, yeah. right? Yeah. But we're always waiting for the for the problem to occur because you can fuck, almost fucking time it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen now. All right, <laughs> jail for you, you know? But it's like, well, we know that there's plenty of fucking research and a lot of conversations and things behind, you know, what leads people to sort of acting in a certain way or what leads people to have bad health or leads people to sort of develop mental health issues. It, it's all the, the childhood and, and upbringing. So that's why I think Mike's work is actually very powerful in that sense, because he's aiming for the root cause. Because mm. if you can manage the issues that, you know, children have and, and, and get them in a better space, then their trajectory drastically change. Yeah. Absolutely. And and plus, it's important that he he is speaking out because now you know that the government is underwhelmed, they eh? overwhelmed, and they've got and then these services are are lacking. Mm. Oh. We've always been overwhelmed. I think I think that's the issue, right? It's like we're we're always overwhelmed. But you know, you know what what COVID taught me is that if the fucking government wants to do it, they can fucking do it. Yes. All this money fucking came out of nowhere and then, oh, now we can do this. Oh, we've got fucking locums we can fucking hire all the time. Oh, we can do, oh, like, oh. So if we, if you want to do it, you can do it. But, you know, it's like, at, at that point, it's like, I don't even think they gave two it, shits about budget day. Eh? Yeah. No, yeah. they didn't like, give a shit. Yeah, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think? You know, I mean, we've all, I mean, I've been here, I've moved here to New Zealand in like 2008. I think, for my final year of high school. And I haven't really, you know, and then when I'm old enough to fucking notice what, what's going on in my community, you know, there hasn't really been a massive positive change in it. But you guys have been here for, like, years. I mean, what would you guys rate? Let's talk about West Auckland for as a good example. 
It's getting worse. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting worse. The mental health thing is getting a lot worse. Because you can actually see it now. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. actually see it. You, you can see it because we never saw it before. No, we didn't know what it was. Literally on the streets, you never saw anything. Some of our usos are turned out that way too. I seen I seen one of um one of our a guy we used to know. Yeah, you know him as well. Yeah, because yeah, he's he's always up on Lincoln Road. Okay, but yeah, the guy I was talking about, yeah, because I see him a lot, and you know, yeah, you know him really well. I knew him from before. Back in the day, back in the day. And yeah, so we're, who, we're, who he is now? School from. Fun, funny, funny stories. Like when I was still a student, he was one of my first guys that I picked up when I graduated mm. in the community. Oh, yeah, I can love that guy. Yeah, he's he's really out there. Eh? Like he, like I swear, we would spend like. At least an hour. I'm only supposed to be there for like 30 minutes because I've got like so many people I was filming for an hour. And he just go off on this like archangels and stuff. And I'm just like, that's actually pretty interesting. Actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then he, and then he starts talking about, oh, you know, and I, I call up these, um, oh, what are they called? When you call up and you get your fortune, fortune tellers, you know, we actually pay people to get, yeah, and this lady told me I'm a descendant of this angel and stuff. I was like, this sounds like a movie. I just fucking <laughs> taking notes here. Yeah, you can control the weather. Can you make it sunny tomorrow as well? Uh, no, but I love him. Hey, he's a he's a good dude. For for he's a really big guy, but he's actually yeah. quite got a soft dude as well. No, you can tell. Like, Very nice. I think it comes with experience, but, but you, sometimes you can tell which one are are pretty cool mm. and which ones you got to back off from. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, this is ones where nah, fuck. No, just go, bro. Yeah. <laughs> just go out, so I'll run you over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that that's it. I think we can see it now. But it's not just with Stockland's everywhere. Yeah, like, it's happening know. everywhere. Yeah, so it's so the other question is, do you think you're noticing it more or do you think just because you're more aware? Because mental health is, seems to be a little bit more talked about openly these days amongst mm. people, amongst friends and stuff like that. Do you think it's because of that or do you reckon there's just more people out there that's just out yeah. of it? Cause I, I even like w- within my my family and stuff, there's um there's little young ones, like my younger cousins and that they're even showing signs of, where before my other cousins and that like us growing up, we didn't really, do it, nah, we didn't show any signs of things like what my younger cousins are going through, and um one of my cousins because she's she's got quite a few kids and they, man, the fight she's been through with her own kids, it's just like it's just next level shit. That's why I believe you should beat your kids. But but you know how you said like your your age group, our, yeah. our age group, we didn't talk about it. But the younger ones, you can see it more because yeah, is cause it because everyone's talking about it now that they're just open, more open these days. I don't know because I I think back in the, the way we were taught, you know, don't worry about it, just carry on. Mm. You know, you just think he's stupid. That's how our parents brought us up. But now it's now nah, it's not working anymore. Well, I think it's like the good, the one good thing I can see is that it, they're normalizing it. It's becoming a normal conversation to have with people. Yeah. And I think that's why we see it probably a little bit, it's more evident to us is because people are not trying to sort of just hide it, you know, sweep it under the rug and stuff like that. It's like, oh no, the, you know, the shame, which is still there. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of shame and stigma around people having mental health issues, especially within the Pacific community. But I feel like that's probably, I would say probably if we had to, <laughs> finish this segment on the positive note. I think we're talking about it a lot more open. I mean, this is what look at what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, trying to talk about it, and and the normalization of it is is probably a good thing because if people, you know, who are going through something, and notice that you know oh, other people go through similar things as me, they'll be a little bit more open to sort of reaching out for help, especially when they hear that maybe, you know, this guy actually went through therapy and came out really good, you know, recovered. Maybe it'll work for me. 
So. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I do know someone like that, and it's hard for him to reach out and try and talk about it. But you know, even talking it to with his, his own parents is really hard because they don't understand their part. But it's good <clears> that he's found some kind of support groups and a little bit of tools in that to help him out. So, it's, yeah, he's getting there. Malo, Malo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's trending on your social media, boys? What's uh, when you're sitting on the toilet? Scrolling through your phone, Fuck. what's been showing up uh, that's interesting? I got a stink one. I got the um, uh, the supermodel um, what's her name? John Legend's uh, wife. She oh. stole a cooking idea from a, a kiwi. Yep, yep. I know exactly the one because it's on K Road. Oh, it, is it? Yeah, it's the it's the caker. That's, that's what the name of the store is. Oh, okay. And it's this girl that um, bakes cakes, basically. But she opened a store in LA, and she befriended. John Lin- John Legend's wife, and it's, she she took the um, she took the idea. Right? She took the idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly Fuck the same. Sake. And now I don't know what's happened. Is it like Chrissy Teigen? Is it Chrissy Teigen or Teigen? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Chrissy, 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 Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. But the original store is on Carrot. Oh shit! Yeah. True. I can stole a fucking cake idea. Like like the actual food or like the whole business I think, idea. I think the, business. the whole business. Whole business. Fuck. So yeah. are they gonna just six eight five here? <laughs> More like the other way around, eh? They weren't yeah. even, even better, eh? But you know, it's like, okay. Yeah, you're fine. It's a small business, right? Managed to open a store in LA. She managed to be- befriend John Lynch's wife, and then she does this. And it's like, why, why would you? Like, why would you? You got. You got everything. money. <laughs> <laughs> you got, got money. You got your own money. Fucking hell. How much money is, how much more money do you need? <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, okay, you open a store in LA. Yeah. Why would you? Because you can, right? Because you can. And then mm. this happens. So, I don't know what the big thing is. Is it just because it's John Legend's wife? So, so what's the name of the store on K-Road? The what's Caker. The Caker. Yeah. Fuck. So, what did they call it in LA? The shaker. How <laughs> original. The caker with a cake. Yeah. <laughs> the original cake. <laughs> but she must have some sort of freaking like something in her mind saying, oh, you know, that's wrong. Yeah. Surely. Or lawyers. They should say like, actually, this is like intellectual property or something. You can't do it. Yes. That's ugly. Fucking <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Someone's gonna get freaking gonna trick on one of those cakes. <laughs> Karma, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. That that story was a weird one because I only knew because mm. because I got a because we at work we we go up there to have coffee not in the caker but there's a coffee shop n- next door. Far right, out, that's busy. And uh, yeah, I was told. Oh, did you hear about the girl next door? <laughs> <laughs> she, was, was, she got <laughs> fucked over by Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, yeah. She got over. <laughs> I didn't even know who Chrissy Teigen was, and they but, were just, trying, but he stayed there and carried on eating. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, carry on, another cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 please. Drinking my coffee, drinking my coffee, and they're telling me this, my workmates are telling me the story. Fuck the girl next door. So how come I didn't see a <laughs> selfie of you out there? It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think about the story. Like, I don't know who's... It's obvious that... Oh, fuck, I don't, I think, know, I don't even know what's good or bad about waste. the story. I don't know what's good or bad about the story. No. Probably, what, probably what's bad about it is that probably... If, if we are going to go with the idea that the caker here was the original, then they're fucking losing out so much. 
you know? And, and, and the, it's just the idea that someone has stolen your idea, you know? Your business idea. Something that you probably worked really fucking hard to get off the ground in the first place. And then someone else who's got fucking millions of dollars just fucking just open it up in LA and take all that credit. But would you not look at it as in, oh, well, that was inspired by this shop? Like, wouldn't that be a window to sort of say, well, they actually stole that concept from him because it's news now. Everyone would know mm. about it. Wouldn't it be like good publicity is like better than shit good publicity? Yeah, Cause, yeah true. Because, I mean, from a small little town in New Zealand, I mean, that's an opportunity to be like, oh, tourist attraction. It's the freaking original, you know, <laughs> yeah. surely. No, I think I think what 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 annoys me is that anyone can anyone can copy anyone. Like anyone can walk. I, we can walk down the store if we got money. Oh, walk. We walk to the store long enough. We'll know what to do and bank our own store. You know, we can. Anyone can copy. You know what? So what's the big deal of her copying the cake store? It's just know? not morally right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If Jesus was here, he'd say, but nah. It'll, yeah, and it'll depend, like, if it was done, so it's see, like, that same color <laughs> covers, that same color door, <laughs> yeah. same color carpet, same color cups, tables, chairs. I think it's because they know each other. You know, there's <sighs> yeah, bad true. blood. I think that's where it comes from. Not because if, if a stranger copied her, would, would be the story. Mm, you know? True that. I think it's the fact that they know each other. And she's famous. And she's Isn't famous, me? and you know. I, <laughs> I don't know. Put you, put your, put your. I guess try put yourself in that position, right? You, you've worked really hard. You've developed this business that you think it's just going to be fucking killer. You fucking came in with it, and then someone who you know, especially, it probably makes it even worse. Someone you probably know and probably had a pretty decent relationship with has taken that idea, and and probably has made it better because they've got more money. Like you would fucking feel like absolute shit. Like you would feel like fuck seriously. Because you probably would have talked to them about it. Like, oh, I've got yeah. this great idea for a cake shop. I'm going to call it the caker. <laughs> this is going to be the color of my curtains. And the next thing you fucking know, you're in LA. It's like, hold on a fucking second. <laughs> That's my fucking shop. <laughs> the fuck? Nah. nah. <laughs> nah. I, I know sort of like copying is like a is like a form of uh, flattery, right? Well, what's, what's mm. the actual mm. term for that? But mimicry is something. But I think in this context, I think that's a big <laughs> fuck you. I, I think that's a big fuck you, especially for a friend. Shout out, welcome, eh? If anyone, Damn. like any one of my friends try to do it or my family members try to do it, I'd welcome it. I'd be like, fuck, let's go. Like, you know, bring it. You know? Who the like, best? Who's the bring, best? Bring, yeah, like, Who's bring, the OG? bring it, man. Like, don't fucking, it's all in or nothing, man. I reckon, that, I reckon competition is healthy, eh? Even in the workplace, man. Mm. I've always felt like that. Like if people aren't, if people just come in and they just they're comfortable, I'm like, fuck that man, come and knock me off my chair, man. Like, come and come and take the driver's seat. But I'll, I'll be, I'll be just be happy that I'm in LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. oh. Come back to New Zealand. No expectations. No one's probably mean. Happy. No one's probably mean on New Zealand. Ah. Happy in LA with a cake that was made from New Zealand. <laughs> just fucking sitting in there crying. It was like, this is better than mine. <laughs> 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 I, I agree with you. I, 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 competition is good. Competition is good, but fuck. If I was, I'd feel really bad, especially if they developed something off my idea and then made it yeah. better. Eh? It would be, be different like, shit. If, if it was just like, oh, we had the conversation and like, then you did nothing with it. And then they <laughs> yeah, did yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, like, no, but that's, <laughs> really but I like, think that's different though, because <laughs> I, I usually think like if you're exchanging ideas and stuff like that and you don't have a patent for it, isn't, isn't it all up for grabs? First, first, um, first serve kind of deal. But mm-hmm. if you've already done it and you're fucking developing it, and then someone says still has the fucking nuts to fucking steal that idea and do it anyway, 
I don't know, man. I, I find, I'll probably find it a lot more worse. You know what? I'll put cake on Facebook because, <laughs> <laughs> hey, business one-on-one. You trademark that shit, man. Yeah. You, you, trademark. Trademark. you, you know what? That, 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 that's, you that's put a true. copyright Fair on enough. that, man. You put a copyright on and that. And then when she's going through the magazine, you go, Who's supposed to be Angie to bring it there? Fucking motherfucker. Beyonce Angie. Fuck. 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 Shit. They catering to Kardashian's birthday? Fuck. It could have been me. Could have hey been me. She must not be much of a businesswoman because they trademarked there, right? Oh man! And how long have they been open? The cakery. The oh, cakery it's been here? there for a while. Yeah, for a while. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, your fault, my friend. If you haven't trademarked it, that's what I thought. Oh. I thought she wanted to trademark their shit. Tight well, down. you know the cafe I said I go to. We, she actually was in, working in there, making her cakes in that part of the cafe as part of the cafe. But she did like little cakes on the side to to sell. And then she ended up. Oh, she got her own shop. She made. She, did her own shop. Oh That's shit! Cool. This was like a few years ago. And now yeah. it's become. That's her own thing. Fuck. Fucking listen to everyone starting a business. They trademark that <laughs> fucking shit before Chrissy Teigen swoops in and fucking steals your idea, and Shucks. then we'll be talking about it in the next podcast. Straight up, straight up. Man, you know. Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> fucking hell, man. Don't think on social media. I saw on oh, you guys. You posted up on our. You posted up was the old man. The old man, oh, he's not the old man. Old man. <laughs> he might have silver hair. Yeah, he, he's probably not <laughs> old at all. Those hooks weren't old, man. Fucking hell. He's a silver back. So what, what are we talking about? We're talking about a little bit of word rage that's on, on this video that was trending on social media and looked like it was in Auckland. And all you saw was uh, video footage of... It looked like old man because he had silver hair. Beating up on a patch member because he had the... He was wearing his patch, yeah. and he was beating him down, and it went on for a couple of minutes, eh? Yeah, and not a light beating too. I yeah. saw some pretty clean uppercuts <laughs> going, right. man. I mean, if, if 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 boxing, like if that was anything to go off about the Mark Hunt and Sonny Bull fight tomorrow, like <laughs> you pay to watch that yeah, shit, yeah. man. You would pay to watch that shit, eh? Just the average dude that pulls up to the to the pub in his high vis gear, eh? He still got the paint on his on his on his on his overalls, fuck. Versus the guy who walks in with his patch. With patch. Damn. Handy on the Hivers guy. Fucking hell. on the fucking... <laughs> oh. All in on the Hivers guy, man. That look like a... Fuck, he has a walking warning though, isn't he, with a fucking Hivers? Yeah. You know, just fucking be warned. <laughs> fucking like guy anyone, anyone that's going to any, like, um, venue, uh, event, whatever, like, if you see a guy in a Hivers, don't play Don't up. fuck up. Like, don't, don't fuck, fuck around. Like, yeah. Any security now is going to be wearing Hivers, like, yellow and blue. <laughs> Like, don't fucking play up or you're going to get dealt to, man. Doesn't matter, eh? He's the embodiment of fuck around and find out. That is the embodiment of that. The amount of reshares and that's (laughs) the number one trendy, man. Here's a question. Here's a question. What day do you think of the week that would have been? Monday. 100% Monday. (laughs) Monday. No fucking way that's a Friday. Everyone's everyone's happy on a Friday. It's like, yeah, I'm fucking going home. Monday. Oh, someone cut me off. Oh, well, I'm on my way home. It's all good. It's got to be a Monday. The man was fake cover on Friday. (laughs) Was late. Late. Didn't go to church on Sunday. Sunday. Slipped in and he's like pissed off. He's pissed off. So he's late for work on Monday. Then he got cut off at the last (laughs) straight. That was it. Come, one to one. Bang, bang, bang. That's the real bang. Bang bang bang! Hundred percent. Those punches stuck. Eh? Even oh. the little um, was the little kick to the face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, when he did the stomp to the face, oh, like, man. that was personal. Those punches oh, were bro, personal. He was like, angry, eh? Tell us, yeah, really, really angry. Oh nah. 
But goes to show, man, don't fuck from now on, don't fuck to anyone in a car or a van with a high vis. And, oh, and no. not one of these Hivers vests is a fucking full on Hivers like f- fluoro. F- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking polo fluoro. Ah, <laughs> <God, laughs> holy shit. <laughs> man. Yeah, lesson learned, guys. Lesson and learned. And I like to thank that guy, man. From now on, if I'm going to go to any of my kids' sport, I'm going to wear my polo fluoro. <laughs> That's a warning. Like, Don't go talk to that guy. He might turn around and just <laughs> kick to the face. <laughs> Don't <laughs> fuck to me. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, nice, nice. Was <laughs> Crack up, bro. Nice. Hell. Okay, uh, our next topic. Um, so, Steven Setsu showed up and uh, I got him to come on back on 5 And, you know, it was pretty good because I messaged him on a Sunday night and he replied, oh, yeah, I'll come tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> within 24 hours, I managed to make first contact and get him on the podcast, so that was pretty good, that, 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 and that was pretty cool, so he's been blowing up on TikTok, and I, I really never knew about him until probably a couple of weeks ago, when he was joining on TikTok with his uh, motivational speeches. <laughs> was it the, um... <laughs> no, I remember it was the Rocks, the Rocks were not he, where that chick said, my little say four, mm. and then the Rock, and then he did his tangent on... Oh, you salmons, eh? And he did that through all the salmons on the one umbrella. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> the same as you. And yeah. then Discovery Ave from last week, eh, did a bit of digging on him. <laughs> and said, oh, hey, this guy's done this. He's done this with his life. And now he's doing these um, TikToks, eh? Yeah, he's doing TikToks. So he's, he, was a bit, he was a bit of a one-ounce rapper back in the days. And into the, the battle rap scene. And, uh, yeah, um... He just blew up on TikTok last few weeks with his with his speeches and got him on. You guys uh, had a chance to listen to the podcast. I did, I did. I listened to it all the way through. I got really excited when I saw it. <laughs> I was like, I I need to listen to this shit right now. The, the, apparently, the guy's been on TikTok for ages though, like was, ages oh, doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I I only I was similar to you. I only heard about him probably like maybe a month ago, I think, because it was uh, not the rock controversy one, it was the one where he was screaming, you know, get the fuck out of your feelings kind of shit. And then everyone was stitching it with all these different things. And I was like, oh, fuck, who is this guy? <laughs> and then, you know, then you start scrolling, then, you know, when TikTok blows up about a particular topic, it's just fucking one after the other one. And so my For You page was just fucking just him. And, and then I think, you know, the, the thing about him is that they'd really take a small snippet and then they, then they stitch it. So... You know, if you're going to comment about someone, have the full context and, you know, which is why I'm glad that you had him on because, you know, you had like, what, two hours, a little bit more than two hours, two of, hours 20. of absolute context. <laughs> should, that, I bring up, that, should I bring up my notes or? That, that was, <laughs> and that was the point, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. I, I, because we did hear only one minute things on his, mm. on his, on mm. each of his videos on TikTok, you know, mm. and it was good. Like my, my goal you know, was to get in and just have a chat to him. Yeah. Have, talk to him for a good solid two hours, two and a half hours. And just just see, get yeah, like I said, get some context f- for his um, his videos. Mm. Just to see what he's like, you know, what he's really like. Mm. You know, and let the listeners make up their own mind. Mm. You know, instead of just, you know, um, judging on a soundbite. Mm. Soundbite, so to speak. So I'm going to comment on one thing. On, on that entire podcast, okay? And I feel like I've got the authority to speak on it. So if this is coming, you know, much much love to you, Stephen. You know, you're doing you, you know. I don't want to bring you down or anything, but 
when when you talked about the depression side of things, eh? And he says it doesn't exist. I would suggest, I would suggest, and I say this with humility, by the way, is that when you're YouTubing, you know, f words of affirmation and YouTubing all these different topics, maybe YouTube some, you know, what depression is. It is real, by the way. So what he said about depression not being real and it's just about you making, you know, deciding not to be sad, that's um, absolute bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. And this is, you know, this is a guy who's in the past talked about being depressed. So it, it's, it's a little bit, you know, inconsistent, you know, incongruent with what he sort of was spouting on the, the 135 on Monday, you know. So look, when we talk about depression, right, and I'm talking about clinical depression, it's not as simple as, you know, and that's the fucking worst part, I think, that I took away is that you just don't, you know, just don't be sad. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> don't be sad. Look. He, he talked about a lot of stuff that I, you know, that I can agree with, you know, in terms of, I think deep down he's he's wanting people to be better. I do believe that, right? The way he goes about it is very confrontational, you know, but that's that's his style. That's the way that he gets his point across. But when he says that I'm never wrong, that's not a fucking good place to be, in, in all honesty. You, you cannot be a person that says I'm never wrong because you could be fucking wrong. He's fucking wrong about the depression, yeah, absolutely. you know? Yeah. So it's like, come on, man, like if, if you're going to make something and, and look, people fucking die all the time due to like depressive related stuff, you know, so you can't sit here and tell people depression is not real. You, you can just force yourself to get up in the morning. Listen, the clinical depression fucking affects you physically, psychologically, emotionally. And, and it's not as simple as someone just saying, oh, why are you sad? Just don't be fucking sad. Sometimes it's not related to something, you know? He made, he made a lot of comparisons of, oh, my wife left me, that's why I'm depressed. Oh, you know, I lost my job. There are people who have clinical depression that has no trigger. It, it's, it's a physiological genetic thing even, you know? Where you just wake up one day and then you just fucking have no energy, you know? Your, your thoughts are muddled and cloudy and you can't even string a sentence together. Like, I fucking treated people who are just fucking bedbound and they can't even fucking talk, they can't even look at you. They can't even fucking speak, you know? So to say, for, for someone to come around and say, actually, depression is not real, you need to, you know, you can just fucking just get up and, and do stuff. You're just being lazy. Uh, uh, listen, my, listen, my friend, you need to probably do a little bit more research in that department, you know, because that, that really, is, it, it, that really, not, not pissed me off. I think that, that really hurt me as a person, you know, because I don't like, I don't like sitting from a place of authority where it's like, oh, I studied it. You know, so that makes me uh, that makes me an expert. Anyone can study anything that doesn't make you an expert. You know, it's a combination of a whole bunch of stuff. Studying helps. Experience helps. Employment, you know, and what you do on a day to day basis helps. The people you engage with. That gives me what I feel. That gives me the fucking right to sit here and say, Stephen, you're fucking talking shit when it comes to depression. All right. It, I know. What do you guys get out of it? I mean, it's the same thing or what? I agree with you on that one, man. Like, yeah. When just seeing the notes and even just hearing what I've dug up on them, and I pretty much put it on the chat like, like heartbreak, heartbreak and grieving is fucking nothing compared to depression. Like depression is like more than a few things that you might feel when you're depressed, like heartbroken. But it's almost like when he was talking about all his, you know, you need to wake up, you need to do this, and then using his Bible references, all of that was sort of like shit. He's just talking about overcoming a broken heart. That's it. 
But man, when when you're <laughs> when you're mentally in the shits, like really, really mentally down. It's more than that, no? It's yeah. more than that. And like and I was speaking about anxiety and being in that box where you feel like fucking you can't you can you can yell to the fucking to the to the universe, but fucking no one can hear you. But that's how you feel. Like that's how I feel. But it just felt like listening to that and like I could only listen to an hour of it to be honest. It was like this dude needs help. If anything's like you might be able to mask everything that you feel like you've gotten through and use that persona to sort of project on others like shit, if I've done it, well, you know, you can only sort of ask them, well, what have you achieved in that time that you've turned yourself around to sort of lay it out there to say, fuck, I'm a walking proof of it. Because people that follow you on, on like social media platforms, are they more likely to see you in the, and stop you in the street and say, fuck, hey. Or are they more likely just to give you the look and carry on walking? Because yeah. 55,000 followers, if you died tomorrow, would they show up? Mm. Like, people get caught up with their feels like that. But that shit's just, a, it's just social media. It's not really real. But to have that platform try and influence people and project something on others, it's sort of like, man, he's good at talking. But the only thing he didn't crown himself is he's good at talking shit. <laughs> like, that's what I got out of it. And I had to turn it off. Because just listening to the hour, I felt sorry for him. And like wholeheartedly felt sorry for him. But it didn't make me feel good about hearing it. Because I've been using the podcast to listen to to help me get through my anxiety. And I'm getting really good with it. Like, should I put myself in positions where I'll be like, fuck traffic. And I'm good. Because I'm like, yo, play a pod up back of the 135. But no shit. Like, if there was one to sort of put on, uh, I wouldn't be playing that one. It would have to be that one. And that's me just being straight because, yeah, I felt like I didn't get anything to help myself with my anxiety out of it. And that shit's not fake, man, because, fuck, people are battling and mental health is is real. So is depression. And, and then again, it's just an opinion. And that's his opinion. It's like, it's not mine. Just like, this is my opinion about what I thought about his part. But yeah, just not fucking, like I shared with the guys at work. And it's just funny how, like, you know, everyone had a take on it. And they're like, oh man, I love to talk about it. And everyone's got the, oh, like, oh, I like that how he said this, I like how he said that. So all that to him, bro, like, you know, keep doing your thing. I mean, we've given you the plug on, on the on the episode. We've never had a guest and then we've spoken about him on MD Other Clip. But yeah, that was just what I got out of it. So yeah, felt like I didn't gain anything, but. I got a shitload of, of messages, eh, coming through about that episode. And a lot of it had to do with that depression part. A lot of it. They were saying, man, that guy had no experience. Why is, why is he? Why is he talking about? Yeah, but that's a sad <clears> thing. There's a, there's a, you know, and I know he talks about the old clip, the, his old clips not being relevant. But, but you know, there was a clip of him talking about depression and him feeling suicidal. Like, it, look, I'm glad if you're able to, wor- you know, work on yourself and and do a lot of personal growth and you sort of make yourself into someone that that is not going to be depressed again. You know, more power to you. But like to to turn around and say that depression is not real, like that that's what got me because that is fucking dismissing a lot of people's fucking hurt and heartbreak. Eh? That is fucking minimalizing a major major fucking issue that especially the youth, you know, what the youth go through, you know. And if you know he's got a big platform, you know, and and I know it's, I'm not telling him what he needs to do, or you know, because I I don't have any right to tell him what to do. You know, it's his platform. He can say whatever he wants. He can fucking stitch this lead and tell me to go fuck myself that's all good you know it's his platform 
But I think, man, for someone with a big platform like that, and he's got a pretty big platform. A lot of people tune into his lives, you know? I think he could do, he could reach out a whole bunch of people and do a lot of fucking good as opposed to just screaming into a mic saying, fuck out of your feelings. Because that's, that's the problem. There's a reason why the fucking we, especially men, that's why men fucking have heart attacks on the fucking toilet, you know? Because we're fucking just holding in our feelings. You know, we're dismissing shit. We're just thinking, oh, nah, it's all good. We'll just move on. Look, there's a time to fucking pull your fucking socks up and get shit done, but there's also a time to fucking sit down, reflect, and fucking be mindful of all the shit you've been through. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I imagine yeah. him coming to the barbershop and let's be like, Nah, bro, the seat's closed, brother. <laughs> right till no. the last hour. Yeah. I'm like, this is my last cut here. But you know what? Like, do you guys think, like, when he talked a bit about he was the person on the podcast and he mm. had experience. And then I said, I, I actually asked him, oh, yeah, but just a few minutes ago, you just said it mm. wasn't real. Now you said you got the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I forgot what he said, but he contradicts himself a lot. Yeah, yeah. And look, it's 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 a talking point that, that, that Andrew Tate brought up. You know, and, and he's quite well known for saying that he doesn't believe he doesn't believe depression is real, but he contextualizes it in saying it's not real for him, him personally, mm. right? He acknowledges that for other people it works, but he doesn't allow himself to believe that depression is real because that's how he battles it. You know, it's not it, to me. He didn't. Well, he wasn't saying it to say it's not a real thing. It's all bullshit. He's saying for him personally, the way that he will be able to deal with all this shit, it's to sort of just not believe in it. If you don't give it power, it doesn't work for you. But that, but like that—that's a—that's a—that's a far different fucking conversation. To, by the way, everyone, depression is not real. That—that's—that's that's very different. Andrew Tate's you know? a different beast. Yeah, but look, Andrew Tate fucking walks the walk and talks the talk. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, no, that's a different beast, bro. Yeah. You know, look, he's going through some shit too, right? He's been through <laughs> good shit, but he—but that's—he—he he knew what he was getting into. Yeah, you know, and that shit, you know. I don't even know who he was, man. I don't even know who he is. You still don't know? Oh, you don't. I, I know now, but I never yeah. knew. Well, well, I don't think anyone did. I never no. listened to any of his stuff. No, I don't actually listen to himself. But I, I, no. I listen to little clips and people who, who analyze some of his stuff that he says, you know. But no, he, and look, he comes up with very relevant points. Like a lot of different controversial people, they have relevant points to sort of bring out, and you can learn a lot of stuff from them. And there's some stuff that you don't agree with. That's fucking fine. Just fucking take it. Take take what you think is useful for you and fucking move forward. But. Yeah, that 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 particular bit of that podcast, I think, was probably the worst part, the best and the worst part. I hated the umbrella Pacifica as a whole <laughs> when he was like degrading us. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, bro. Yeah, hey, I got that feel. Like, oh man, yeah. it just made me feel like, well, then your circle must feel must be library fruits, didn't they? Because fuck, the table I sat on, right? Shit. Like we're we're eating, no, we're eating mm. good, man. Like, but fuck, yeah, the way he just felt like, just felt like, hey, are we, are we really like the fucking, the part where was like, you know, is, it, is there another, or the bones? Are we the bones? It's just what it felt like. Hey, just listen to it. That's what I felt like. Mm. Shit, I can't listen to the whole thing, man. Yeah, it was hard to pinpoint uh, uh, an exact, consistent ideology from him. Because yeah, yeah. he kept chopping and changing and saying two different things, you know. And I think that's the beautiful thing about long, long form podcasting, you know, is that if so, and I've learned this in my job too. You let someone talk long enough, you're gonna start fucking finding out bullshit, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, because because you kind of like if it's something that you've read about, and you're basing all of your thoughts and ideas on something you've read, and you haven't analyzed it or sort of applied it to yourself in a way where it's not just word for word, you're not just fucking word, word for word, you're adapting it to yourself and analyzing yourself, then you, you're going to find inconsistencies because 
the self-help books or the Andrew Tate of the world, they are talking about what's worked for them. That's not going to fucking yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. work for you, you know, yeah. word for word. Yeah, the concept maybe, you know, but that concept needs to be adapted to the way that you live your life and where your shortcomings are. That's the main point. And then for him to continually say, I'm perfect, I'm yeah. never wrong. That's not a good place to be in for, for anyone. Well, that's why you know? I said that's the alarm bells there. Like just the way he was doing it. Mm. It's like, bro, this dude needs help, man. Yeah. Like, so that's why I felt like I felt sorry for him. Probably. I also, I also felt a lot of what he said was out of context in terms of what's happening here in New Zealand, like locally, like mm. our, our own social issues. I don't think any of it had to do with, well, you know, it has to do with things that exist, but not, but yeah, exist in America. Yeah. In, but it's not a big Canada. problem here. Yeah. Not yeah. a big problem here. I mean, we know about it because we hear it on social media mm. and we see it, but it's not a mm. big deal here. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even know what what I would say to him if I if I sat in a room with him, you know, because he, you know, to have a mindset. First off, when you come onto a podcast, the whole point is to sort of it's not a debate, which he said it was, you know. Yeah, that may have started off how podcast developed was to sort, of, but what what especially what the one three five is and what the empty out the uh, empty out the clip is is about sharing of ideas and finding some common ground. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Is to sort of educate yourself, but also to educate others. Yeah. You know, so. Oh man, like if he if he comes on empty out the clip, let me come. Yeah, <laughs> see, he did trip the <laughs> because when he started to say, because you know, back at the one three five is unedited, then he was like, oh, you're gonna edit that out. Like it was like he <laughs> almost, oh wait, hold up, you know? It's like nah, it's too late. Like, fuck yeah. you, clip on now, bro. you said you, yeah. you didn't fucking apologize for it, you didn't retract it, yeah. bro. Yeah. You gotta have your magazine full and you ready to pull that shit. Yeah. And look, yeah. look, and he needs to understand. This is coming from a pace of love, actually. Yeah, you know, this is not us fucking shitting on you, and then you think this is this is us trying to let you know, like, hey, you know, maybe some things you should just rethink or, or actually look into a little bit more. You know, some things he talks about, you know, with, with quite very very articulate, and he's very very clear in some some of the things that he says. You know, but I think look, we're talking about the depression side in particular. He's fucking dead wrong. He's just fucking dead wrong on that aspect. Mm. I haven't had any chance to digest anything that he said, <laughs> and I don't think I will digest it. Yeah, yet. I think I'll digest it in my own time. I think it's yeah. I think it's worth a listen, though. You yeah. know, I, I really do believe that. I think it, he's he's definitely a person that is very, very entertaining. You know, he's very mm. articulate. You know, he's you know, and I think if given the right, you know, the right message, you know, that he he can actually make a lot of lot of positive stuff, and I'm sure he has. You know, I, I read some of the comments on 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 TikTok and. A lot of it is positive. He's right on that aspect, you know, and it's just the haters or people who do, who dislike him that um that are stitching, and I'm sure they're a minority compared to all the people following because people follow him for a reason, right? Because he has the energy. He's got the energy. He's got the energy. Yeah, he's got the if he had the freaking, if he had the freaking KFC ad and said, you have to lose weight. Give me a bucket. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home. But I, I told him on the podcast, at the end of the podcast, I think it was near the end, and I told him, bro, you should be commentating sports. Yeah. Because oh, sports hard, need bro. your energy, bro. Energy, 100%. Straight up. 100%. If you had the energy on talking about sports, bro, man. Next loop. Sky TV would be fuck. high on you. Be entertaining as fuck. 100%. <laughs> Hold on. Hmm. No, but much love to you, Stephen. You know, don't take this in a bad way. But if you do, you know that's your choice. But if you want, if you want to have a conversation, let me know. Have you heard any of his stuff? No, nah, I mean, I, I've heard a little bit of what you guys have been sharing on the chat, but I didn't really. I'm not engaging in it. 
I just don't, uh, ooh, feels heavy to me. <laughs> I don't need that right now. It's pretty heavy. But yeah. I typed in, didn't like, um, <coughs> start, typed in his name on Facebook and it came up with the project there that he jumped on. He did yeah. like a yes. TikTok for the me, but yes. you're rich if you got this in your fridge. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What? It was like, if you opened up your, fr- like, if you opened up the fridge and he had a block of butter, it was like mm. one of those TikToks. It's like, oh, you're rich. Because, you know, then you mean you like you got yeah. the good stuff. Yeah. Maybe if you got that open up the fridge and you got like the budget butter, something, yeah. something like that. And you're if it's about, not like, anchor. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> if you got like you know, the toilet paper, if you if you buy these products, you know, like the Purex. Purex. Yeah. If you buy Don't that, you know, you're rich. You know, so if you got funny. the budget. That's, that's like, crack up. Yeah, that, that was the first thing that came up. So like that content was pretty mali. Yeah, was like, but, mm. yeah. What? Yeah. Do, do you think he's he's purposefully trying to be controversial in the way that he says stuff because you know I, the, think, I think that's how you get followers on on like most social yeah. media platforms eh? yeah i mean it's gonna you know but to build thick skin like that the way he has mm. and to still hold it down with the same energy man that's why i feel like fuck i hope he's all good man because yeah. it I takes res- a sort of yeah. person and persona to yeah and, like, i respect that not on, shake about him. but have yeah. you guys watched this old uh rap Rap, battle rap. No, we're talking about it earlier. No, no, I haven't, I haven't gone through it. I've seen little clips, but no audio to it. Oh, right. Yeah, he's got a whole bunch on YouTube. And if you look at it, this is when he was like younger, maybe ten years ago. But it's got the exact the same energy, exact Mm. same energy, and and he's good. He's really good. Mm. And 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 for me, when I watched it, I was like thinking, okay, no wonder he's like that. Yeah, you know, no wonder. It's almost as if he's battle rapping the world. Oh wow! When he's talking to us. You know when he's talking to the TikTok, yeah, because that—that's where he comes from. Yeah, if you watch his battle raps, he's, he's got heaps on on YouTube. It's that same energy because it's that culture, right? When yeah. you when you're battle battle rapping, you're just going handy on whoever's in front of you, talking Everyone. about their wife. There, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're going deep deep stuff, but it's all that's the culture, right? That's the culture of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where it stems from. Yeah, yeah. So you can for me, I sort of understood how he doesn't give a fuck. Because the way he's, the, his energy when, when he's bringing it out to people on TikTok, talking mm. about fuck your feelings, mm. it's almost like he's battle rapping us. Yeah, could be. In that kind of way. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, it's his platform. He can do whatever he wants with it. Yeah. But hey, I heard he wants to come back on Empty Out the Clip. But I'll tell you those, when you ask him how old he was, and this is just me, okay? When you ask him how old he was, and he said, what, 30? Bro, I had to turn it off soon. Like, I was like, another two minutes, and I'm turning it off. Because to me, right, I I can't I can't take advice. Like, and this is the stuff he installed on me. Like, I'd never take advice from a guy not married, not not holding it down for Zayn. No kids. No kids. Like, that's just not the way life was supposed to, you know, sort of thing itself. But when he said 30, I was like, damn, have you traveled the world? Like, are you looking after your parents? Looking after the kids, happy wife, you know, but just to hear him preach all that stuff, and it made me wonder like, 30. <laughs> I was like, PlayStation, you still not even born, Jelly. Man, I've got I've got a controversial opinion there, eh? Like, I I understand where you're coming from, eh? I think you you would respect advice more from someone who's who's lived it, but I still think I think you're allowed to have ideas and opinions on things, even if you don't don't experience it, mm. you know. Because I think an objective opinion is is pretty important, you know. Someone who's not impacted by the stresses of of this particular thing, or someone who's able to sort of look at something objectively from an outside to say, actually, 
I've noticed something that someone who's within that area probably would have missed. So I, I, I see, I 100% agree with you in terms of if you were to take an advice from someone who doesn't do it and someone who, who has done it, I would, I would suggest someone who's done it. But I think there's also a very important aspect of a perspective of someone who's sitting on an outside of all these things. No, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. to me, that's just like listening to long at church, right? Yeah. So you hear all these biblical <laughs> yeah. stories and they talk about it, but it's from the book, you know, it's from the word. Yeah. yeah. And then they're referring it late, but they just got a broader sort of thing. Oh, yeah, this is this is this story. But they never actually did it, because, but they're still sharing their story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's how I saw it. But yeah, for me, like in mm. terms of like what's wise, <laughs> yeah. what's a smart decision, I was like, hmm. You know, this want to be the mean segue to MMT tour, but we're gonna do a segment. Yeah, going to yeah. <laughs> going. Oh, <laughs> we finished off the Stephen Sedum. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 man! Can't wait to see another um energy food um debate. Probably <laughs> not degrading us, please. Who's, come on, <laughs> come on, man! Give us a chance. Nah, Give us a chance. Com- conversations, conversations. No debate. No debate. Because no one wins in a debate. He is smart, though. I yeah. give him that. Yeah. He's smart. Because he's clever on what he says. Because mm. in all his rants he's done on TikTok, and we've talked about it, he doesn't actually specifically say to who's he talking to. Hey, mm. yeah. he's generalizing. Mm. Yeah, bro. He's generalizing it. You know? And he even says it, too, on his things. And people just get triggered. It's funny how people would get like angry and... You know when he had 50, 55k followers? Mm. How many of those hate him? And I, how many I, of them just... Well, we're just waiting for him to slip up. Slip yes, up. Yeah. waiting for him to slip up. Because that's another thing, eh? I Who's think it'll be a low really percentage, though. I think it'll be a low percentage, to be honest. That hater? Yeah, but, but you know, and he, he is right in the sense where the haters are going to be the loudest. Yeah. You know, because when you appreciate something on... You know, very rarely do you comment on something that you appreciate, right? You'd be like, oh, I like that. Move on to the next. You know, very rarely do you fucking stop and fucking... Oh, I really enjoyed this. You're, you're amazing. <laughs> you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But if you fucking hate something, yeah. if it's something you fucking see, it's like, yeah. what the fuck is this? <laughs> Listen here, motherfucker, where's your address? Where you at? I'm going to pull up. You find yourself doing the Twitter thing, eh? You start tweeting it just before you start seeing the red and say, okay, delete, delete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah don't yeah. post it, eh? Yeah, yeah. Have a think. Sit back. Be mind, you know, work on your mindfulness. Uh. You should always reread what you what you tweet. Oh, I want to watch some of his battle reps now. Yeah, me too, actually. Me too. I'm excited to have yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. It'll you, probably make a lot more sense. Yeah, you'll probably get what I, what I got out of it. Like, oh, no one like that. <laughs> All right, next segment, going down memory lane. So who's got a memory they can share with us? Can you think of a heavyweight? Okay, we're talking about heavyweights. Name your most iconic heavyweight fight that, that sticks out in your mind. And, like, we can probably go back, back in the days, because I got a couple. And, man, probably my favorite... And I'm not going to be biased and talk about David Tua and Shane Cameron. That's, <laughs> yeah. that that's, that's what I saw puppies in my fight head. of the decade. Like, even in the barber shops, there's <laughs> fight of the century still. 100%. Oh, like, even just telling, I remember telling a kid, like, what happened. And he was like, really? And he even downloaded the Lolly song. <laughs> Listen to it as well. <laughs> yep. But I remember that. Can you name a heavyweight belt that sticks out? Top of your mind. We'll start with you, Kims. I'm trying to think because the honest and the David Tour, uh, Shane Cameron just sticks out <laughs> yeah. like a sore yeah. thumb, man. That's I'm the same. I, I want to say I want to say a Mike Tyson fight, but I just can't remember them. Mm. You know, I just and, can't remember. And he showed David Tour on that fight, man. What was it? Was it the pre boot up or was it the actual fight itself? Or was it, it, it was the actual the fight itself? It was the actual fight itself because I remember being at my cousin's house. Yeah, and it was funny because he's um, his partner is Maori, and she had her family there. 
and my cousin and us there. So, honest, it was a split. Like, they were going for right Cameron, we were going for a tour, and it was like, oh, tense. Well, we're all watching that, we're all tense. And when, 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 we, when tour just wasted them like that, I was like, it was, man, a, it was an easy game. It was easy. easy. It was easy. <laughs> he was like he almost did a Mark Hunt walk away. <laughs> fucking bang, just fucking you walk know? off. Oh man. So yeah, that that's the one I remember the most, man. Oh, that, bro. That, that. But if I, but uh, to be honest, if I would have remembered the Mike Tyson fight the way I remember James Cameron and the tour fight, <laughs> I would have picked the Mike Tyson fight because <laughs> I remember when Mike Tyson was, you know, in his prime. In his prime, I remember those years, man. And man, they're awesome to watch those fights, man. Yeah, cause vicious, eh? Cause when he when he when Mark Tyson comes on, you know he's gonna win. You just want to know which round he's gonna win, you know? Fuck, <laughs> ah, it's like no nothing, man, nothing. David Tua, Shane Cameron, eh? David Tua, Shane Cameron sticks out. I don't I don't really watch boxing that often unless there's a, there's a big fight, you know. So I definitely watch the David Tua, Shane Cameron. But if I had to really think back of a prior to that, a fight that stood out for me, it would be a David Tua fight, but against Lennox Lewis. Mm-hmm. With the yeah. fucking hair, you know, yeah. the fucking toothbrush hair, you know, that's mm-hmm. spiked up. I remember it in particular because I think it was for the the the, the world championship, eh? Yeah. The world championship. And I just remember my uncles hyping it up so much. And I was like, what the fuck? Because of a, of, of David Tua, you know, stepping yeah. to that ring for the world. And I, I just remember. I do remember just fucking just everyone screaming when he did, you know, his hooks. His, his, it was a left hook, his his, yeah, his signature left, left hooks, and just everyone just fucking just going nuts about it. Unfortunately, he didn't win that 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 match, but I remember the the fucking hype around. Just everyone just fucking wasted, yeah. fucking you know, in the little TV boxes, you know, this is before flat screens, you know, yeah. fucking adjusting the antenna with a you know, <laughs> this is Tonga by the way, oh wow, you know, <laughs> adjusting it with the coat hanger, just like fucking a little bit to the left, you know, a little bit to the left. <laughs> But I, I, I remember, I remember. That. I don't know how the <laughs> fuck they got it or how Tonga, because Tonga's very infamous for pirating shit, <laughs> you know. So, however we got it, I remember being being there for that for that boxing match, and it was a fucking. I think I think I think it was the pride seeing an Islander up there, yeah, you know, yeah. for the world title, you know. Yeah, man, that'll be the first time, like from memory, like just seeing so many um, Pacifica here. Just mm. so proud of they mm. like mm. New Orleans, Tonga, and Samoans, yeah, and Like it was amazing, eh? Because it was like, even though, cause, cause of the seatbelt ad as well, <laughs> and like, did I do damage? Like, <laughs> man, just to see him on the world stage like that, eh? I'm like, fuck, everyone was celebrating on me. Really brings people together. Yeah, man. Those big things. And, and before the shame camera fight, I always remember thinking, man, there's two, there's two moments in life you always remember where you were. So when David Tua fought Lennox Lewis and the yeah. 9-11. <laughs> oh, brother. 100%. I know both of those. Clear yeah. as day. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. No, yeah, yeah, no. I'm the same as Kemp's. Because I remember going there having a drink. Oh, you were there too? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he? That's how drunk he was. <laughs> I was sitting with John. Oh, yes. man. Uh, <laughs> I can he was imagine focused. He was focused. your smiles would I just be like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me and John, and just before the fight when he was walking in, that was the best part, I reckon, for me for out of oh, the whole fight. Man, yeah. I mean, I knew what was gonna happen, but I was like, fuck, I didn't think it was gonna happen like that. I was like, damn. But that, that was just the icing on the cake for me. Yeah, that entry did set the tone. Eh? Fuck yeah, like, bro, it was man, next level. When someone's like in the zone like that, so. that's the best walking I've seen in yeah, a boxing yeah. match, I think. Yeah, and I think Cam- yeah. I think Cameron was intimidated. To be fair, I think leading, I think for coming up to it. I, I, I really think because the way that he he buckled early, yeah, you kind of yeah. think, fuck, really? 
Like, like full credit to David Tour, but I don't think Cameron was even close to what he used to be. You know, I mean, you know, the, you know, he was talked up quite a bit, you know, in in previous years about him possibly going the distance. You know, like we do with most of our heavyweights from time to time. But that was a fucking spanking, man. Like he made him his son. You know, he fucking put him down, put him in the naughty corner, and said, "You fucking sit there, mate." It just showed how much he had left in the tank, man. Oh, he had yeah, a lot. I think it was more the um the build up, eh? Mm. Yeah, the just get the hitting below the belt and the yeah. Because when he went on close up, eh, and Dave's fucking fully like facing the other way. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I really do believe this is me. Jake the belt. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. Thank right you for thank this you opportunity. In your career. He was the man, man of his word. Fucking hell. Alright, our next uh, topic is the MMT versus Tosamo, which will be on Monday morning New Zealand time, 3.30am. Mm. It's been a bit up for me, like going on the street come rock, and see all the flags out, yeah. out on the streets, you know. You know, it's always been the Tongan flags that you see, but now... But this one, you see the Samoan flags too, which is a, mm. a change. Well, there's, no more, there's no more flags in real. Yeah. <laughs> They've sold That's out. That's true. Unless That's all true. the Tongans start buying the Canadian flags or the... And switch it somehow. Yeah, and just, like, <laughs> <laughs> start painting it. <laughs> but yeah, there's no flags They probably would. I need those little um, mini ones, you know? Yeah, I saw a car with four of them sticking up. They're greedy, eh? Did you see that guy, that that Tongan Tongan guy that had his boat, that was towing his boat, so his whole fucking car already had a fuck ton of flags, and then not only was the boat full of fucking flags, the trailer had fucking flags, and I was like, no wonder why there's no fucking flags anywhere. This one fucking guy, you know, but just there's just the act to bring his boat out as well. Oh, no, not fully filling his car, which was a big SUV already with flags. Nah. We need the trailer and the boat. boat. <laughs> Hook it up. Let's go. It's been good, I think. Yeah. 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 100%. And it's good to see, it's good to see someone and also the cookies, you know, and the Fijians to bring out their flags yeah. and stuff as well. It's, it's great, you know. I reckon it's fucked though that we had to play in the semi though. I mean, the quarters. I know. Like, you know, early exit for one of us. So that's probably the only bitchy yeah. thing about it, eh? Yeah, it's unfortunate someone else will be going back, eh, after yeah. the course. So, <laughs> yeah. But I think for, for any World Cups, if, if you're the host if you're the host nation of any World Cup, you get to manipulate the draw so yeah. it suits you. Mm. I think that's the thing for host yeah. nation. I, I, think, I think the build-up has been great. I don't think it's as good as when we had it here. You know, was mm. it the 2017 mm. one? Because from, from what I remember is... Fucking Tongan cars, fucking everywhere, you know. <laughs> but not only everywhere, just fucking. Yeah, cool. I, I remember some some guy had fucking. Uh, what's what's the turn off uh, from Point Chev when you're going on the the northwestern motorway, and then his car had fucking overheated because he fucking put a fucking Tongan flag um, over the bonnet, over the front, in the <laughs> over the boot. So he literally wrapped his whole car in different in, in Tongan flags, and his fucking car broke down in the on the fucking exit. <laughs> you know, but that's fucking passion, eh? You just don't give a fuck what you're doing. You're just fucking. Oh, by the way, I'm Tongan. Yeah, I could fucking tell by your fucking car, there, mate. Fucking but that's hell. a good. That, that's a um. That's a um. How uh, uh, accurate um point you made? Because if you look at the stadium and the games, fucking empty. Eh? It's, it's it's empty. Whereas when the when the tournament was here in Australia, fucking we were packing them out, eh? 
it's it's rare to see, especially like if you think like if you equate like I said this the other day, if you think about Japanese bums and then Pacifico bums, like there might be a capacity crowd Japanese like hundred thousand, be like fifty thousand islanders. Like, <laughs> that's like, but I mean the stadiums are full way, yeah. and then so many people are watching it at the pubs. Yeah, you know, in that yeah. family, like it's like a reason for people to gather. Mm, mm. But you know, for me, it's, also, it's the support, especially the Tongan support, because when I don't remember that time World Cup was here in, in New Zealand. We went down to the Tonga Kiwis game down in Hamilton. Mm. But, and that was the first time I actually experienced the, what do you, what do you guys say? The, is it the Red Army? The, the Red White, the Red, Red Sea. The Red Sea, the Sea of Red. Yeah. Man, Beautiful. honestly, honestly. Yeah. It was like every, every, it was like every person in the stadium had a Tongan flag. Yeah, man. That's what I felt like. But even watching it from home, man, like just to see like when Tonga was on the fence. Fucking, you can just hear the hymn being hymns, sung eh? over the top. It was like, yeah. that makes you emotional, eh? Yeah, man. Yeah. And like, it just keep going and going, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even the DJ wasn't playing any music because yeah. the, the crowd was just singing that hymn. Like, like man, mm. just imagine playing. But for me, it was the level of support because, you know, when, you know, Manu Samoa was playing here heaps of times. We never get that kind of support. How the how, how, how the Tongans do it there? We never, Look, we th- never have that many flags. There, there was a lot of, <laughs> but, you, you know, I guess in that, particular world cup there was a lot of controversy around players jumping ship eh? so i think that's what sparked off a lot of debate prior about pride and you know like why do these guys jump you know leave australia they've probably never grown up in tonga why are they playing for tonga Mm. i think that's what sparked off the support you know is to show that actually we do want these guys to come and play for us so we're going to fucking give them everything show how much we support them and, and look at just right. the fucking avalanche that fucking happened after that. Yeah, eh? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking one professional <laughs> player after another, just fucking. David Fafita, just, you know, for this World Cup, just fucking. Yeah. No question. Because it wasn't I'm about money, eh? It was never the incentive just to nah. play for the coin. Oh, that was enough to get the people, eh? Yeah, yeah to come I think in. That, that's why. Yeah. You know? And then when you watch um, uh, Andrew Fafita's video of him telling his granddad oh, that yeah. he's decided that's to play for the most memorable time. one fuck, from the whole I was, tournament. I'll sit there like. Sit this head. Yeah. And like probably he might have practiced saying that hey, over, over and, and over, over and over. Because he, he his voice cracks as yeah. soon as he goes, yeah. Yeah. And then what the granddad was, what the granddad was saying is like, I'm so happy. Yeah. You know, I'm so happy you playing for Tonga. I was like, fuck no wonder this guy. Like, fuck that alone. Yeah. That alone is reason enough to fucking decide to play. Yeah, I mean and the guy's dedicated most of his career to play for fucking Australia. Oh, hard. You know? Like fuck man. Come on, why Damn. do they have to be? And I'm so glad that the majority of the Samoans this time round too hmm. has decided to go yeah. back, you know? I know it's the, the majority of the, the Panthers, the back line, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but that's amazing, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if this is the, the trend, you know, for the next couple World Cups, fuck, you can look at Fiji coming up there. PNG is going to be up there as well. I mean, fuck, it's going, it's going to be a fucking great World Cup, in my opinion. It's not, you know... At some point, you get tired of watching the same fucking teams in, in, in the finals all the fucking time. And, you know, just one, two or three teams that are fucking dominating. I mean, it's 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 changed the landscape of 100%. football fucking tenfold, man. Like, 100%. gone are the days of watching Pacific Cups and then watching local football club, like, talent on, on, the, on the scope, you know? Like, it was like, oh, okay, there's a Tony Tatupu to Mavavi, they're playing for the Tosai more. As soon as it became, like, the professional era, then he saw like okay, there's one of them playing, the other one's playing for the Kiwis. Mm. But now that there were, there's so many like you know Pacific Heritage players playing in the NRL, and they're starting to do more regular fixtures like all oh, the Pacific tests and mm. stuff, the one-off tests. 
it's it's like growing the game and now now you're seeing the best of like both countries, eh? Like especially the Tongans. I think Samoa's always had the talent there, but then you always got those guys probably listening to their parents, go get the coin, it's better for the Kiwis, you know? <laughs> like the parents are telling them, go get some coin, like, you know? But if you look at the Rugby League World Cup, look how competitive it is so fast. You know, it took Rugby Union probably till now to be competitive. Because <laughs> yeah, if you think yeah, about true. the Rugby World Cup next year, I don't know who's going to win. I don't even know if the All Blacks will win. You know, the way they're going. And you know how strong England is, you know how strong Ireland is, especially. And then you see um, Japan yeah. taking, <laughs> taking All Blacks to the brink. Fuck's sake. <laughs> you know? I think, fuck's sake. Because man, that's, that's competitive, man. Yeah. When, when the inclusion of the Japanese team into the New Zealand, um, the, the con- that conference the Super was good yeah. because like it gave them the you know the exposure to sort of how they play. So I reckon come this World Cup, the next Rugby World Cup, fuck, it's going to be a lot closer. Yeah, but look how fast it took Rugby League. To be competitive in there, yeah, you got yeah. lemon on with, and all, all it is is you got more players playing in Super Super League in England and NRL in these international teams. Mm. They've allowed these players to play. If, if you, you know the kangaroos, they can't pick everybody. Yeah. So we're gonna go. Well, you might as well play for other teams then. I mean, we. I mean, imagine like all these these All Blacks who decide they don't want to play for All Blacks anymore. They want to go play in the UK, but they're still really talented, really young still. And then World Cup comes around, and then you fucking they go back and play for you know the heritage countries. Can you fucking imagine how amazing that would be? Look what it's done for league, like like you're saying, Cam. You know, fuck. But you know, but you know, you, you kind of touched on. You know, I think it was you who touched on um, Japan being part of the New Zealand comp, which has kind of propped them up and made them a little bit ridiculously more better. Why the fuck? Where's the Islanders fucking in the thing? You know, like. Like it's it's a bit. I find it really sad that we've gone all the way out to fucking Japan to bring them in because they've got the money to fucking yeah, add to yeah. it. Well, as we've had struggling, you know. And, and my dad used to um, my dad used to be the CEO of Tonga Rugby Union, young ages ago, years years ago. And he used to talk about how all the Pacific teams had proposed time and time again to have a Pacific team in the Super in the Super Rugby comp, just just ongoing proposals and declined, declined ongoing. You know, just declining them. I mean, if we had that kind of exposure, we would just be as good as Japan, in my opinion. Having the local boys be exposed to playing against proper international players on a yearly basis, like I think we'd be. I don't like at the moment. I don't see. Unfortunately, I don't see any of the islands beating Japan moving forward at this point in time for Union. I think Japan has just taken off way too far now. You know? What's the thing, eh, with the international rugby monkeys and that they don't want they don't want to do that eh? they don't want to like promote the game to the pacifica or to the pacific because fuck they know once they let their beast and let that beast come out you fuck there's no stopping them eh? it waters down their own talent and yeah. their choices too and their choices yeah, yeah. they got to explain because i remember when in, in ZR, they've been doing it for years buddy yeah yeah but, it's not exploiting it's opportunities <laughs> but blatantly like yeah. i think a couple of years yeah. ago when MMT happened, and then rugby union, uh, New Zealand rugby union thought, shit, we can jump on that bandwagon. So they did the All Blacks Tongan test in um, our game in uh, Mount Smart, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thinking, thinking that get, get all the supporters, get all the support, that amount of support. No, the supporters want to see their team have a chance. They don't want to fucking see a slaughter. No one came. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's because that was the COVID. Eh? That's pandering. That's so, pandering to the fucking stuff. No, no, but the, you're no. I don't know if they had. It was the pre-COVID where they they named the team, and I think who was it? Um, Tote Careful named the team, but he wasn't even here. He 
wasn't even here because they had the COVID wait. Mm. And then their team said, the, the team he named when they actually had to field the team, fucking they ended up resorting to freaking club players. Yeah. Mm. Because in the end, they couldn't get my, them all here. Yeah, yeah, my cousin exactly. was the lock for that game. He said he was fucking in the, in the fucking smoke room eating noodles and then he gets a call from Totaikefu yeah. asking... Do you want to come play for Tonga? And he goes, yeah, man. what? Like that, <laughs> they, they interviewed like him. They dog, interviewed him about that, it. Yeah. That's a dog act, man. Like that's the that's why I fucking hate the New Zealand rugby union, man. And fucking every every person that works in their offices, man, because fucking the way they've been trying to cripple the game all these years, and like that was a dog act, man. Like mm. that exact thing, hey, try and give the um a Pacific nation a, a game on prime TV and that, and that was fucking disgraceful, man. I, I believe it's racist. It's, it's fucking racist because. Yeah. NZR saw what happened with MMT. Said, oh, fuck, we'll do that too. Yeah. You know? I tell you, if I got named, if I was playing in the All Blacks and then I saw that team, fuck, I'd hang, hang the jersey up, man. There's no integrity in that fucking playing in that game, man. Especially when you know it's going to be lopsided like that. That's actually interesting. I, I wonder it, how, how the Pacific All Black players felt about that. Yeah. You know? Because if you think about, you know, because at the end of the day, rugby is a business, right? They need to make money. They need mm. to pay their players, sponsorships, all that shit. But you think about the integrity of, of the players and stuff like that. And then as a player, especially an all black, which still holds quite a lot of prestige at this point in time, right? At yeah. this point in time, anyway. Ask me in five years. But, you know, you think, fuck. Because you you'd be involved with the discussions and you'd see, you know, and it was all over the news, you know, just how the Tongan team would like literally just, you know, a couple of days phone calls or like a week phone yeah. call and then you fucking show up to camp a week of like maybe warm up training and stuff like that. Then you fucking play the all blacks. Like, like, yeah, you can ask for a bigger fucking disadvantage than that. Home, home turf for the All Blacks. Last minute team put together from a fucking minnow. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I thought we ended slavery. Like, what the fuck? That is, yeah, that's man. just a fucking. But, yeah. but still, think they can do that game and have the every seat packed. Yeah, that's exploitation. Full, full of, full of Tongan fans. <laughs> yeah. Far. That was the Mount Smart game, man. Eh? Yeah, yeah, the Mount Smart game. That's fucking. Yeah. Far. No, that was uh, that was fucked, bro. <laughs> You know, but I guess I guess you know, Tonga probably should have not taken that game. Yeah. To be honest, you know, I mean, I mean, it's good exposure for them, and you know, we need as much exposure to these big teams as much as possible. Mm. You know, that's the only way to grow grow the team, grow grow the sport. But fuck, not like that, not like that, yeah. not but in that way. That was hard to watch, eh? like, and and like I remember the captain's speech afterwards. Like, you know, what can you do? You know, people. Like well, we just at work the other couple of hours beforehand, mm. and getting the call to come and play. Like mm. fuck, change the eligibility rules. Fuck it, make it competitive, man. But tomorrow we got uh, Black Friends. Eh, Black Friends playing. Was it a semi? Semi against France, which is a hard game. Yeah, has France so, been doing pretty well this World Cup? Yeah, they lost to England though in the pool. But hey, how 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 good as they have they been playing though in in terms of the structure and professional. The professional way that they've been playing, yeah. I, I feel like this, yeah. you know, you watch, especially the 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 black. I keep getting confused. Black friends, silver friends. What are they called? Black friends. Black friends. Black friends. You know, you watch how they play. It's fucking so good at the moment. Yeah. You know, I, I reckon if they keep this up, I think that they're they're gonna get better and better. Probably even better sponsorship. Maybe at some point, even gender equality pay. Maybe. <laughs> well, that that's on the back of um the COVID. Like, mm. New Zealand wasn't doing any international games. Eh? The, no. the Black Friends, no. and fucking when they went over to the, I think it was Canada, early this um couple of years ago, 
and they fucking got this shit handed to them big mm-hmm. time, eh? And they named a pretty experienced team. I think it was last year. They named a pretty well experienced team. And I remember like commenting something on Twitter like, fuck, I could I could pick a club team that fucking roll that that Black Ferns team. And then sure enough, when I think Wayne Smith stepped into the picture, mm. all the fucking talent in Auckland, he was getting picked because that's where all the comp was, you know? Then mm. they rolled out their Super Rugby and I think it was some of the Chiefs, but predominantly club club football girls, yeah, mm. which is like really good, eh? good to see. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit sore about the the Black Ferns, eh? Because my, um, my first cousin, um, Mata, oh, I think she's Mata Mataile now. She married the Manasa Matare, who used to run the wing for Crusaders. She she was oh, yeah, yeah. she was uh, supposed to be she oh, plays yeah. she plays wing for the for for Canterbury. And he's, he's back for Canterbury, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but uh, his wife, which is my first cousin, was up for the the wing for for the Black Friends. But then she got got picked over from uh, I think she plays number eleven. So I'm a bit butthurt about that. Actually, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, um, Ruby, Ruby. Yeah, because 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 there's an ongoing joke in my family because every now and then we we've had some cousins who are really really good. You see them come up through through school and they're just ridiculously good. But then something happens and they fall off and they decide you know they don't want to play rugby anymore. So we had her her older brother um, Dylan who was actually doing really well in in, in Christchurch playing, and we also say like oh you're the last chance to get a little hair out there and be an all black <laughs> brother. It's it's all on you. And then just like the trend, he decided he didn't want to do do rugby anymore and then now the girls are fucking just killing it so her and her younger sister atlanta who plays for canterbury as well are just fucking killing it at the moment eh? so they for for them to be looked over for this world cup i was a bit sort of a bit shitty about it actually the whole family's a bit shitty about it but are they young they're young they're young mm-hmm. so so a lot of opportunities still but i think because she was i think she was the top try scorer for the for the for the last comp before the world cup i think for canterbury so she to be sort of not picked even in the reserves probably was a bit well, we're, we're all very biased obviously but yeah big shout out to her next next world cup next world cup <laughs> we got it yeah my daughter's been on a real um sad buzz because she's rehabbing her acl and um yeah I, I must have triggered her she went off she got upset but just hearing her thoughts about seeing that seeing all the rugby so we haven't been watching any of it but i've been following one of her girls and I think because a lot of her schoolmates are all played played in the NPC, and then some of them made the Black Friends, and in her mind she's like, "Fuck, I should be playing, man." Like you know, but her finishing uni today is like, "Oh fuck, those girls are playing. You're only eighteen, you turn nineteen. Fuck, and he's all young." Yeah, man, like, you got time. fucking heaps of time to go, yeah. man. You know, get your degree and yeah. then fucking go play rugby. But it's that foam away. You just like yeah. you see, you see, you see where you think you you could have been yeah, if yeah, it wasn't yeah. for the injury and. It, you can't help it, eh? You yeah. can't help oh, it. Like, man, she just I'm... needs to hear another voice, bro. That's all it is. Like, mm. I've already told her, like, man, when your time comes, that's your time yeah. to shine me, eh? yeah. You can't dim their light. But fuck, you just gotta, you know, just take it on the chin and just, you, you'll, you'll be right. Because shit, you got your first uni yeah. year down. Those girls will be playing catch up now. Yeah. It'll be just fuel for the fire, I reckon. Yeah. They're yeah. just gonna be a massive driver to fucking kick ass. Then hopefully they're paid by that time. <laughs> It's a professional game and uh, getting paid full time. Yeah. Are you going to work, babe? Yeah, yeah. I've been training that. Yes. Got my uh, training at North House, baby. Yeah. You're like, can I retire now? Bank that money. <laughs> Bank that money. <laughs> Sweet boys. So, our next segment will be food review. Oh, mm. yo. Food review. Food review. 
So, yeah, man. So I went and picked up my um, my lovely blue Tosamoa <laughs> hoodie from the Tongue and Polo Bear, Daryl Afiaki. He hooked us up with our um, Empty Out the Clip podcast tease as well. And um, yeah, bumped into one of the boys, Rocky. Said so a couple of pods ago, I talked about catching up with two of my boys that I hadn't seen or sat and expecting to for ages. And he obviously heard the pie review <laughs> and the steak and cheese. So he went out of his way to stop me and yarn my ear off for a good 20 minutes. <laughs> now I'm like fucking fluffing at the mouth. like, fuck, this pie better be good. But he's compared it to the Palomino. So the Palomino hits ahead with the Teratu. And he's done the comparison. And just going off what I said about the steak and cheese at the Palomino shops being um, messy. So he said the cheese is on point. The steak size is good. The gravy is on point. The structure of the pie is mint, and he said, and there's no mess. So that's <laughs> fucking five stars. So for him to battle, so I'm going to go tomorrow, and he tells me it's on Killian Road. So Henderson Valley Road, they got two lunch bars. He said, there's a yellow one, and there's an orange one. And he repeated the orange one like five <laughs> times. So that's another five stars. So to Patsy, it's a rocky fuck, man. I, tomorrow, as soon as I finish my last cut, I'm going straight there, and I'm going to pie review, man. Surely I'm waiting for your rules so I can share it. But yeah, so I can't wait to go and, and taste that one. But I will share um my own one. I went to a Hollywood was a Hollywood bakery in Mangry. Mm. And so they're expensive, eh? But then in my mind I'm thinking, if I can just be in a cheaper, I'll say like five fifty for a pie. So five fifty for a potato top pie. I think we talked about the bakery in Glen Eden versus the bakery Palomino. But I just went in and I just thought, oh, fuck it. I have, I have a potato top. So this potato top, man, had a nice, like, you know, top. The structure of the pie was pretty good. Now the inside. Have a guess at how the inside was, was like, paste, like, made up. Was not, your, not your typical <clears throat> base, like, normal mints. Not your typical. Layers. Frick, it tasted like the inside of a lasagna. Hey. <laughs> To layers, there was, there was a layered with it was stuff? layered, Ooh. and then fucking it reminded me of like a food was it like, the taste or the texture? The taste, like you know, when you hit by one of these lasagnas from the BP, oh, yeah, so it had that uh-huh. taste, oh, true, yeah, yeah. Okay. fused with a bit of butter chicken. Ooh. The potato, the potato, bro. So I was like, thrown off, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> these one of these guy ugly looking pies. So Dress wise, the pie looked like shit. Right, right. But as soon as I bit into it, I was like, mm, it's quite, you know, fluffy, the potato. And then I bit more into the pie. I was like, fuck, that's a solid combo for 550 <laughs> To the point I started biting and I was like, three, pie, uh, three bites deep. And then I almost had like the last bit and I almost put my thumb. I was like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> because when I walked in, when I went back in, fuck, there were no more. <laughs> and I realized, oh, shit, must have been I, that got good. My, I got my cousin the other one. <laughs> And she was like sitting there eating it. She was, oh, I don't like eating it hot. I was like, fuck. So it's <laughs> just going to sit there for a while. So oh, that pie, no. out of five, out of five, potato top out of five. Man, it was good. The appearance was disgust. But the potato was real fluffy, eh? Mm. Real fluffy. But just that fusion of like, yeah, minced butter chicken lasagna. Like, fuck. Free me off, bro. Free me off. Catfish but I'd give too. it a four and a half until someone can go taste it. That's four the, and a um, half out of five. Out of five. five. Oh, my. Dude, like, like, that's pretty good. And the question is, is it worth the gas? 
<laughs> considering me and my cousin drove past like 11 bakeries because yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were early eh? like we don't want to be too early eh, cousin eh? don't want to be too eager so we went out there to the airport Oaks and sat outside the Hollywood bakery and I was like oh fuck we'll just buy these pies and in my head I was like $5.50 but yeah I'd say yeah if it was a five it would be with the guest but because I was in the area yeah yeah, yeah. pretty five. good pretty five good fifty unconscious it's expensive for a pie sure it has to be really good if you want to spend five dollars, four and a half out of five, I think that's pretty decent. Then, yeah, worth worth the money. But it's just the throwing off it because you know you see the pie, it's like, it's an ugly looking pie. Like okay, redemption, redemption. Oh man! So yeah, that's Hollywood Bakery and um, Eporics Mangri. All right, I'm gonna make a note of that. Actually, I've got I've got a random I've got a random one which actually surprised me. I was uh I don't usually eat during the day because I think I've got like pre diabetes or something because every time I eat during the day I want to go sleep so <laughs> so I try my best not to I just drink coffee all day but there's just just one fucking day I was I was super fucking hungry and I was like oh fuck Carl's Jr is just right there down the road from my from my office I'm gonna go and then they had this big advertisement for their Philly cheesesteak burger you know and and it's limited time I was like oh you know of course limited time I need I need I'll fucking try it very rarely. Do I fucking go to like a fast food joint? You know, you, you have the burgers like, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty all right, you know. But f- but this Philly cheesesteak burger at Carl's Jr. was fucking on, right? It was fucking like what's in what's in the burger? So there's like just Is it fucking double petty. No, it, it, it's it's um steak steak pieces. Oh like, yeah, like, it's just fucking steak and cheese all mixed together in a fucking brioche bun. It was, I fucking got it and I was like, because you know Carl's Jr. do pretty decent big burgers, yeah. you know. You know, but like, I, I got, I was like, huh, that's pretty nice looking. Okay, open it up. I was like, oh, okay. Fucking bit into it. I was like, fuck. What the fuck? No one it's limited time. If anything, this should be fucking here full time. This was whole fucking good. But it, but it was good, eh? Like, the fucking bun was like fresh. The fucking steak felt, honestly, the steak was like fucking cooked to perfection. I don't know how they fucking do it. It's a fucking fast food joint and the fucking steak's probably sitting back there and yeah. fucking Lord knows what, you know? <laughs> but when, but whatever combination or magic spell that they put on that fucking burger, I fucking ate it and I was like, holy shit. Fuck. Like, it's not a it's not a big burger. It's like, it's like you know, pretty decent size, but it's not like the biggest burger you find out there. But mm. fuck, I went and got another one. I fucking <laughs> ate that one and I was like, fuck. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I want another one. Can I just get one more? Just the burger though, please. Oh, fuck it. No. With the fries. Get him, give him the fries too. <laughs> fucking any admin team listening from Carl's Jr., man. Yeah. Like your plug right now just That's got your fucking. Plug. Yeah. Got played right there. Too fucking right there. Man. Right there. So I, 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 I fucking highly, highly encourage people. Before before it's over, because of the limited time, only at Carl's Jr. Do you like <laughs> <laughs> If I can give it a go, it's pretty decent. Right, boys. Thanks for another episode. Hey, we'll go around because we're going to do our final words. So, start with you, let's. Oh, man. I just wanted to use the opportunity to say congratulations to my daughter. I mean, it's it's one thing to go through a lot of um, whatever's playing in your mind. Like, she, she did do a lot of the first um, semester online. And I know that's tough on the back of um, not having a um, graduation, not having a ball. The rugby season cut short and the sevens and all that stuff. Um But yeah, like you've um persevered through it all, resilience has shown and they're qualities that you can't measure, you know. And 
I know and I believe that your time will come. Everything happens and people will put in your life for certain reasons. I mean, I, I don't go to church. She knows. I don't go to church. I believe I'll be standing at the gates of hell with some of my boys that we'll be doing <laughs> Once Upon a Time in um, Auckland City <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> but um, just that's a, that's a plug for a new yeah. Wish Was Network podcast it's coming out real soon. <laughs> but it's if I can just encourage like um, any parent say like me and my wife had our girl real young, so we were kids. We were at her age now, and to think like two eighteen year olds will raise a girl who would finish her first year in um, uni. And she's still eighteen. Like it plays, it plays the part of like you know, you gotta be all in or nothing. And just to know that, like you know, there's a time and a place, and everyone's time to shine will come. But if you got your kids, man, like invest in your kids. Um, they're just uh, what do they say? Like chip off the old block. They're just a reflection of you, or like you know, some people live their dreams through their kids. But um, I encourage my parents just to let your kids talk. Like, you know, if there's anything you can do, even if it's not interesting to you, just take the time to listen. Because that's one thing we can't stop is time, and we're not promised it. And I can only just close my eyes and try and remember how far back 18 years ago it was, you know. And it's at the blink of an eye, it's just disappeared. But um, yeah, it's a... To the boys over in the UK, I'll give you a call later on in the night. Um, fuckers, but if you don't come through, if G- Junior, if you go missing, JT's gonna sickle on the whole team, <laughs> and then all my boys at work are gonna be laughing at me, and then I might have to bring in eighteen chickens, okay, from Costco. <laughs> I'll go. I won't get them from Pack and Save. I'll go get them get from Costco, <laughs> and get, hopefully they're raw in the middle and they get some. Oh no! But that's it from me, boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, my little bit Oh, my final say. Um, I think it, I think it was in the talk with uh, Situ how um, how someone can say that they're not wrong. Um, for me, I think to be right, you have to be wrong. That's the only way you know that you're right. If you if you can admit that you're wrong and you can learn from it, I think most people already know this anyway. You you can be you can be right as well. So it's a learning curve, um, you know. To say that you that you're not wrong, you have to be wrong in order to be right. So it goes both ways, like a door. Mm. That's my final say, anyway. Hmm. Fuck, we went through a lot of stuff tonight, eh? Uh, if I had to choose something to speak on, finally, it'll be words of encouragement to my king and his fight his daily fight with trying to get these kids looked after and receiving the supports that they need, which they desperately need, I give you all the fucking best wishes, power, fucking love, you know, to keep you going and motivated. Because you're right, man. If you're not doing it, who the fuck will, you know? There's a big reason why his interview and his conversation has come up tonight. It's because it's made an impact. And I think that's important. And to see someone like him break down and actually make himself vulnerable to show the amount of work that he's done. And it's not the first time he's done it, you know. I hope good things come from that. I hope that someone in fucking government has a look at this 
and thinks, actually, maybe we should fucking do more with this guy because we're not fucking achieving much from our starting, from our point. So maybe we need to look at things differently. So my final word is is love and encouragement to, to Mike King. Thanks, boys. Yo. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. MMT yeah. all day. MMT all day. Woo, woo, woo.